Welcome to Record Night. I'm Ryan. And I'm Chris. And we've got a special guest with us tonight. Uh, friend of the show. Friend of us. A listener. All around cool guy. <laughs> uh, Scott, say hello. Yeah, hey. Long time listener, first time guest. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> Long time guest, first time listener. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we did that Jock Jams episode, which Scott uh, gave us the topic for, or the theme for. And mm-hmm. I remember saying it was a little Scott heavy episode. Yeah. So, <laughs> this my, is my, the Scott heaviest type episode. Of episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is Scott heaviest episode so so far. We'll see if he gets heavier. But, um... The next theme is just Scott. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you want to yeah. give our, our details out and how to get a hold of us? And oh yeah, Scott sure. Uh, we we're kind of all over the place on the internet. Good luck mm-hmm. avoiding us. Uh, we're on <laughs> Facebook at Record Night. Uh, we have an email at recordnightpod at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at record underscore night, uh, which I should probably follow. I've been on Twitter <laughs> a bit more lately. I don't know why. Um, and then we're on we Instagram are. at uh, recordnightpod. What's our OnlyFans? Uh, recordnight underscore pod <laughs> underscore booty cheeks <laughs> at gmail.com. And Scott, you have Twitter, right? Yeah. Uh, if anyone cares to reach out to me on Twitter, my Twitter is at SJKoppel, K-O-P-P-E-L. Uh, I mainly will retweet scientific articles about Alzheimer's or mitochondria that I find interesting. So a little bit of a departure. But if I say something egregious that you want to beat, beat me up for on social media, uh, that would be the place to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. Uh, I really only post on Twitter. When we have a new episode out, but I do follow a lot of stuff on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I've tweeted in like years. Yeah, I, I haven't actually tweeted like I, I have a personal tweet at Twitter from like ten years ago. I haven't, I haven't, but I don't have a password for it anymore. So, <laughs> the best kind of social media, <laughs> you know? just existing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Scott. So uh, we, when we have a guest, we always have the guest maybe choose the theme what's the theme for today's episode yeah so uh the theme that we chose for this episode uh was god-awful band names which i think was why i was chosen as the guest because you wanted a (laughs) god-awful guest that doesn't have much (laughs) musical knowledge but it's it's always down to talk about things so (laughs) well i can't say if it's god awful i mean like we always this is an interesting theme because there's plenty of bands with awful band names, but you make uh, pretty fantastic music, and I think mm-hmm. this is a good episode for this today. Um, yeah, I yeah. think it's it's a weird one to kind of like approach because I do think there are bands that have bad names that I've kind of come around on. Um, <laughs> right, but it does it's... seem like we kind of picked bands that it's like it doesn't matter how good they are. The second you say any of these band names, somebody's gonna be like, I'm not listening to that fucking band, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, we seem to all pick band names that we would be uncomfortable to tell our parents the name of, or if we were in that band in the first place. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't tell, you know, my wife's grandmother that I was in a band called Goblin Cock. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and I think there's a certain element of charm to it because you, you have that first ear hit, right? Mm. And then as you keep going with certain bands, so this is not one of the bands that we're discussing today, but 
I love King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. And <laughs> right. it, it fits that initial criteria of, oh, God, what is that? Or people going, that's, I don't even know what that is. I'm not exploring that. But people that are Gizheads, you know, you, you develop a love and an attachment to the name where it ends up taking on a charm. Mm -hmm. I don't know that the bands here necessarily reach that for me, where every time I say it, I'm still kind of like, ugh, you know? Right. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I think uh, with uh, King Gizzard, especially, it's one of those, like, it fits with their music. Mm -hmm. Like, the stuff they're singing about and the music they're playing, uh, where it, like, it matches. Like, I couldn't imagine them being called something else that has a more serious name. But, but I, I think we should reveal what bands we're talking about so people okay. can get an idea of yeah. just how fucking awful these names are. So uh, the band I picked was Perfect Pussy. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, went with uh, Goblin Cock. And I'm bringing us home with Psychedelic Porn Crumpets. <laughs> <laughs> so there are a few bands that, that sort of had a pop culture heavy name. There's a punk band called Carly, Got Carly Got Cosgrove, which is based on iCarly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the name comes from it. Yep. And then uh, Di Diarrhea Planet's a bit different. I I like Diarrhea Planet, but it's just I couldn't choose them for this episode. It just didn't hit me I'm, the same I'm way. I'm also a fan of Taco Bell. I agree. <laughs> 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 yeah, I think some of my backup ones were uh, there's the Fuck Buttons and uh, <laughs> Tropical Fuck Storm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, tropical tropical fuck storms high up there on on my list as well. <laughs> just just bad. And I know Scott and I uh, were having kind of a back and forth. Like, is this actually a bad band name or is it a, a good one? Yeah, fucked on up is a great fucked up is a great great band name. So I didn't yeah. put them on here. So mm -hmm. I think there's got awful giraffes. Band. Giraffes. Yeah, giraffes. <laughs> giraffes kind of came up of questioning whether that was one or not. And then there's some that are bad names and they're just too simple, like Tool. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's just mainly for the tool fans out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, are, are we are, are we tool fans on this podcast? I don't. I mean, I'm pre I'm pretty lukewarm on them. I'm no, just... I'm not. I, I'm pretty lukewarm on them. You know, they get me with a few of their singles, like sober. I, I I'll find myself listening to that and mm -hmm. not Fizz. not hating <laughs> it, but I I don't do deep album dives on them. Um, I, I might feel like... too. I feel like it's been enough time. It's like once, basically, in a Tool album release cycle, that amount of time, I'm always like, I'll give them another shot. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of hard though. I feel I feel it's gonna be difficult to, for me to decide to get into Tool now. <laughs> yeah, I'm just waiting for something to click. All these, there's a lot of people that say they they're really good, and I have not heard it yet. Mm -hmm. mm, I. I... I have people that it's like you listen to Corn Record or not Corn Record, which I wouldn't listen to anyway. But the Tool <laughs> Record, it would, and Corn's a pretty bad band name, right? We can agree on that. Yeah, yeah they're not so. great either. Like, like bread. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, you think about when Biscuits pretty awful too. I'm just thinking, there's so many bad new metal bands that, that have that name. All right, all right. They're just but a product do... of their time. Like there's like that late '90s, early 2000s where it was yeah. like everybody named their band something awful but some weird <laughs> joke that then it's also mm -hmm. spelled weird well i think also we're getting into that uh, that period of time where all the good simple clean band names are taken mm -hmm. oh, yeah, so true. now th these bands are under pressure now and they just we're getting into like a lot of three-word band names like psychedelic porn crumpets where it's like i don't know man throw three things together and hope it has some ear feel that's what it, it seems like it seems like they yeah. just went around in a circle like all right you say a word first thing that comes to your head 
So the first was like psychedelic and they're like, oh, cool. Yeah, we do drugs. We like that. And then the second guy was like porn. And they're like, dude, are you horny all the time? Like, the, the Mad Libs of band names. Yeah. But then there's also the bands that, that they've decided to name their band something super generic like chair or carpet. Like like uh-huh. something like, you know, like like I think of the band called Tennis out there. I'm like, great. Like, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think we all picked pretty good band names in uh, my band. I picked their only. They have like a perfect pussy. They're from they're from New York. Um, consisted of a uh, vocalist Meredith Graves, who is now an anchor for MTV. Um, oh really? Yeah, guitarist Ray McAndrew and drummer Gay Garrett Koloski and bass stars Ali Donahue and then a keyboard Sean Suckus. I don't know if you guys heard the keyboard in uh, this record. It's pretty cool in the mix. It, it um, is until like the end. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. And um. It's um, it's a bit difficult to talk about this band because they only have their first, their only record is "Say Yes to Love," and it's about twenty-two minutes. Um, I mean, it's still longer than Circle Jerks, which is also a band name. It's awful, uh, group <laughs> sex. But uh, yeah, there's there's not really they don't have much of history except like they had all this buzz going around it, like calling their music you know like life affirming, and I didn't quite get that mm-hmm. from this. Mm-hmm. Did you but, mention uh, that they started off as like a band from like a movie? What was that? They started off as a band from like a movie. Like they were like yeah, yeah, actors yeah. in yeah. a movie and then they were like, let's keep it going. Yeah, yeah. there's a movie called uh, Adult World. And um, well, this film director asked Meredith to start a band in it. And they assembled a fake band and they, it originally became a, a real band, uh, Perfect Pussy, which I'm not sure the, the name. Uh, I don't know. It feels like a name you give a band that you're not really gonna start, and then and then people start liking you. Like I guess we're stuck with this name. Yeah, you know? damn it. <laughs> and there's there's a few bands out there with you know there's Mannequin Pussy and Nashville Pussy, so, so it's not <laughs> the most original, uh, shocking name in the world, but it's there. And um, but uh, you know what? I'm just gonna go ahead and play the sampler, and then we we'll get into it. Sound good? Yeah, mm-hmm. let's hear it. Yeah, let's do it.
That's a twenty percent of perfect pussy. Say yes to love. So, uh, do you guys have any idea? Like, have you heard perfect pussy before we uh, brought this record in? I hadn't even heard of of them. Yeah, oh. I, I was saying, but hadn't heard of them at all. Um, not sure what to expect going into it. Makes sense that it would be a punk band, kind of with that kind of aggressive. <laughs> yeah. Although, you know, my my initial joke was like. I don't really see what's so bad about this band name. What's wrong with like a nice little kitten? You know, there's we've got <laughs> adjectives and animal names like Def Leopard. This is no, just one no. of those. But uh, <laughs> but no, um, I, I, it was interesting hearing them for the first time, and t- it took me a while to digest them. You know, I do tend to like punk and kind of noise and garagey type sounds. Mm-hmm. I feel like on first listen to Perfect Pussy, uh I don't know that it really resonated with me too much. I felt like it was it, when it was all those things and on paper had all the elements of a band that I would really vibe with. Usually it just didn't sure. hit it for me. Mm. Um, I started to appreciate there's kind of a tonal shift that we'll get into when we're talking about the tracks a little bit more in depth mm. that, that I feel like there was a little bit more maturity to the album than when I first listened to it on my first pass through. Um, yeah. One of the things I noticed is that you know it's it's really raucous and noisy, which and mm-hmm. ugly, which I, I love the noise in it. But going through the lyrics, you see there's a whole lot more depth involved when it comes to the lyrics. Uh, they're not like typical punk lyrics, and that they are, mm-hmm. they're. I, I think she's Meredith, the lead singer, is a really good writer. You know, yeah, and that's what I got from this. Yeah, I uh, feel like at least for me, the mm-hmm. the singing and the lyrics were the part I liked. Um, yeah. yeah. But the the music part just didn't quite hit with me. It mm-hmm. felt uh like like it's lo-fi but on purpose. Um a lot of it just felt very like rough drafty. Like everything yeah. was everything felt like really loose. Like it felt like, hey, we've got an afternoon and a tape recorder. We're just gonna set it in the <laughs> middle of a room and do something. Uh because there were moments throughout the album, uh trying to remember there's like two tracks in a row that end almost exactly the same way with just yeah. like 40 seconds of like feedback or something happening at Which, the end. And it's well, like, you use the idea twice in a row. Like it's like every, it felt like everything was written well, independently th- from each other, even though it all kind of sounded exactly the same. And part of it is that you know, there are two tracks that end with three minutes of like noise. Right. And you're thinking, right. well, it's not actually 22 minutes of music now. It's actually like <laughs> closer to 15. Mm-hmm. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Which is, I mean, in the you know the last track uh five, uh four is is basically noise there's no lyrics it's and i mean i i appreciate noise i like sun just as much as the next guy <laughs> but um but uh yeah i i thought this was the most interesting of the bands that i thought of with bad band names that i would bring in because i'm really obviously my wife's gonna hate it like, like she's <laughs> listen to this and she's there's plenty of things I listen to, and usually, usually, it's what Ryan brings in. That if I'm listening to it, she's like, "What the fuck is this?" Um, <laughs> That's what I'm going for at all yeah. times. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I was, she was lucky enough that uh, I could listen to Perfect Pussy without her around. Um, <laughs> but we we can go for track by track, right? Yeah, there's only what like eight of them here. Yeah, yeah, it's not, not that many. Uh, starting with Drive, um, Driver, a Driver, yes. I have a horrible handwriting. I was just writing down as fast as I could. But um, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah you got I, it. The tracks go by quick. Uh, yeah, uh, and the, part of that's part of the problem is that a lot of songs sound the same. You know, like you were saying that they had a tape recorder in the room. Like I, mm, 
Like, well, I mean, this track, I like. I think even starts that it like, not like calls it shot, but it like it lets you know what you're getting into because it opens with like this like amp hiss or like tape mm-hmm. recorder hiss where you're just like, this sounds like somebody like unearthed the tape from a garage band from the '90s, which yeah. I'm not quite. I don't know if I appreciate it or if I'm annoyed by it. Because I feel like a lot of, like, DIY bands or, like, lo-fi, like, when you're doing it yourself, you're trying to get the best sound you can. But this was released in, what, like, 2014? Uh, yeah. Like, it's like, you could have set a laptop up and put in Audacity and it would have sounded better than, <laughs> than what you made. Like, it sounds like they, like, purposefully made it sound like a like a crappy 90s recording. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little get you there because I I do think that there's a lot of sincerity in this music, especially from yeah. the vocalist. Like that's that's it. what I like. I feel like the sincerity is there, but maybe like the artistic part around everything feels like they're like I like noise music. How do we do that? Like this. Well, they definitely did. Yeah. They, they definitely did something. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I'm falling between the two of you with how I approach it. Cause I, I agree. That's the initial ear hit is just like, wow. Okay. We're in this. It's very rough draft, mm-hmm. you know, very, very um, abrasive on first listen. But like Chris said, there is some level of artistry there and it kind of, it's an emotional tone throughout the album. Cause if you go to seven, right. The, the mm-hmm. ending track um, not to talk about it too much. Cause we'll get there, but it's distinctly different and it is a little bit more put together and a little bit more, formalized i feel right. like the the initial two tracks for me stay in this kind of very rough kind of situation and it starts to clean itself up and it almost the emotional tone for me is that there's a lot of anger and there's a lot of when you go to the lyrics which we could talk about it seems to be a lot about like almost being in these bad toxic abusive type mm-hmm. of relationships um and so it seems to match that emotional tone to me of when you're really still in that nasty place mm-hmm. which is that piss and vinegar and that vitriol yeah it does have that vibe of just like i've got so much like either anger or energy built up in me like it's just like this is i'm getting it out whether it's you know i sat here and thought about the songs or it's just like i'm just wailing on this guitar Mm -hmm. yeah like um like we everyone talks about the lyrics or the the vocalist because she's so fucking pissed off and i love that i love that Mm -hmm. how cathartic she sounds i think she's saying even like um like uh, she had those uh, the last I think uh, the last five lines of this talks about lies she told herself, and I was like, God damn, this is <laughs> lies like I will be protected. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, man, I just this song to me right out of the gate, I actually really liked it the first time I heard it. Mm. Changed it, it did change it, a bit for them. This song really took on. I did not really enjoy it musically, but mm-hmm. when I got to the lyrics, like you said, I'm so impressed by the lyrics and kind of matching that emotional tone of the music with how she's written it. There, there's one lyric here that really stood out to me of, um, cause I eat stress and I shit blood and buddy, I'll tell you, it never gets better. <laughs> yeah. I, with the lyrics on this, I really like, they're kind of just like fully like through written. Like there's mm-hmm. almost no repetition on this album. It's just like, right. I'm going straight through kind of just like, almost like not like rambling but like just getting i'm getting it all off my chest and Mm. there's there's good stuff in there there's another lyric i like of um it's like focus on the return to yourself and the choices you make uh between your pleasure and growing up and just like hell they (laughs) they cram so many lyrics into these like two minute sections of song 
where it's like Hell, I feel like a whole album's worth of lyric is just like one track. I love the Hell Roof the Fucking River open. Mm-hmm. Okay, just yeah. just some really great uh, nuggets in here that just that look uh, really good on a MySpace profile back when oh, yeah. this came out. <laughs> Do you feel the teenage angst coming through on your AIM profile box? <laughs> oh, you mean, or my away message? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's either, it's either this or uh, or uh, Alive of Apocalypse Now is my aim away message. But um, <laughs> I'm going on to Bells. Um, I think this was the, I guess, quote unquote single for this record. Oh, really? Uh, Interesting. Yeah. Okay. The, the thing that's uh, throughout the record when we talk about noise, I noticed that the guitar player has focused a lot on feedback. Yeah. Like, like, and it's not awful. It's just that as a guitar player, it kind of bugged me a little bit. Mm. You know, it's like I, I, I fuck around and make noise all the time with harmonics when I'm playing by myself, but I don't ever think to incorporate that to an actual piece of music. Yeah. So part of like the I guess like the lo-fi part of it is with like all these kind of different elements feedbacking that don't sound planned. It mm-hmm. kind of has this vibe of like they don't quite understand the space that they're playing in. Because like with some <laughs> yeah. feedbacking, as much as it is, it sounds like they're just standing too close to their amplifiers. Yeah, it's just like just move a couple feet away, and I'll stop making that squeaky sound, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but but this uh, one was interesting. This one was even noisier than the first track. Oh yeah, and it has just it's... a lot of like dissonance going on. It sounds like nobody's quite playing in the same key or in the same place on the neck. <laughs> like, it still yeah. comes together cohesively, but it's just like it sounds like people are just wailing on their stuff. Yeah. I, all I wrote down for this was yay noise with a Z on my notes. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I had the same kind of disconnected, disjointed feeling. My note to myself was like, wasn't super into it, but I did feel like in the last third of the song, the drums kind of helped bring it together and pick it up somewhat mm-hmm. where I wasn't completely like, this song's a skip for me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's some great lines in here, like I'm raw and odd and frightened, like I'm mm-hmm. deep in that that line. Um, and I really liked uh, we weighed each other down and eventually we drown. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's that same lyrical like uh, topic that it's it's still talks about kind of just what it's like to be in a bad relationship and what it does to you and what it happens to you. Um, mm-hmm. for me, it was um. I thought you were right and I lost myself. I abide in my discomfort in everything you gave me. I try to hide from suffering, but I know that won't save me. I have to count it all as joy and I must let love be love in me. So this is where I was starting to be like, there's a lot more soul to these lyrics. It's not just angry punk music. This is where that affirmation that we we kind of talked about, like it's starting to come through mm-hmm. a little bit more. Yes. Yeah, this is sort of Meredith sort of trying to reclaim herself, maybe after right. relationship. Like, for example, it says, I move forward on with my own, and I ring the bells alone, but with only you in mind. So you think about maybe the, you know, a death note with bells of yeah. moving on from this, you know, this shitty relationship. Yeah. Um, but it's angry, and it's, uh, I'm still really into the anger of this one. Mm-hmm. But again, again, I can see how people would hate the hate this very much. <laughs> right. Um, well, and, but, um, and the... One thing I like about the lyrics. Sorry, you go ahead. No, I was just going to say the anger is just so truthful to me because I think it's kind of a pet peeve of mine when people talk about healing from these relationships, especially ones that end or the the relationships themselves were very bad or they ended in a very bad way. 
is people still try to pick those positivity nuggets out of it. And they exist for sure. Mm -hmm. But your emotional relationship with those positive lessons is still going to be <laughs> fraught and, and painful. Regardless right. of you're separated from it, you're still fucking pissed about it. Yeah, I learned important things, but really no, would have rather not learned it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> also, the, the anger she's showing, I think, is it's really important to to recognize the like for a lot of people it's like well you don't have to let things hurt you you don't think of i'm like no like like to deal with the pain is the best way to to mm -hmm. live with it you know sure. like i everyone lives with pain right mm -hmm. and and no matter if you're moving on from it it's still gonna hurt you're gonna be it's gonna right. be there just to learn to live with it though right it's like it's gonna get a little darker but you know for example i if you have a I've had a relative die, right? And mm -hmm. it hurts still. Like, it still hurts. It's just that I learned to live with it. You know, I've learned to... It's a part of me now. Mm -hmm. And that's and that's not saying that I've, I've healed from it, but, you know, it's there. I've learned to live with it. Right. So so I think it's important to... When, when it comes to... Especially in, even in this record, to, to sort of understand that that, that shit's there. You, you know, it's like... It's like it's like you may be over, but it's still there. And... um. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to recognize that. And I, I like it when records recognize that and put in sort of gut punch truths and, and the lyrics. And I get that through this whole record. I think you that's know, what I find so impressive about the lyrics on this is like, it is a punk album and it's kind of like flirting with the same emotions that you think of with punk, but mm -hmm. it's approaching it in a way that's unique. I think it gets, it's pushing the lyrical content beyond just like, ah, fuck you. Blah, blah, blah. I'm angry. <laughs> Even with the with the name of the record, say yes to love. You mm -hmm. know, like it's just like saying, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna leave these relationships. They may hurt us, but we need to keep moving on. I guess. Right. So, um, we can move on. To Big stars, their track on this one. Okay. Uh, I uh, this one was the hardest one I had to uh, to track for me. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, this one was a weird one production wise because I felt like. You know, sometimes I want to like listen in and like you listen kind of in like layers and like pay attention to different parts. Mm -hmm. The yeah. only thing I could pick out on this that wasn't just kind of like lost in this wall of noise was the rhythm <laughs> guitar. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, what are the drums doing? It's like, oh, I can't tell because they're buried in the guitar uh, sound. And then it's like, well, what's the guitar doing? It's like, well, I don't know. It's kind of also buried in that drum sound. Um, yeah. Yeah, and so like well, this is one of the one I think of the hardest time following the lyrics online when I was reading, reading the lyrics on with this. <laughs> I was mm -hmm. like, "Where? Okay, where's where's Meredith? At? I can't, I can't tell." <laughs> so, yeah, they definitely on different tracks kind of choose to like bury her vocals more or less mm -hmm. on each one. So I guess it does get a little bit of variety there. Yeah, yeah. There, th that's the problem though. This there's not a whole lot of variety. You can go into the middle of it, all most of these songs and hear the same sort of thing going on. Mm -hmm. um, all right, give me one second. I'm gonna let my cat in the room so she stops <laughs> meowing in the background. Okay. Yeah, I had no clue what uh, porn carpet sounded like either. So, um, yeah, when when Ryan told me about that, I was like, "This is interesting." Um, well, but, well <laughs> yeah, I'll, we'll talk, I'll, we'll, I'll talk about it later. With but I remember when I found out about him, and I texted Ryan. I was like, "I've got a band for you. Get past <laughs> their name." <laughs> like one of those like preloaded things. <laughs> All right, I made it. So was it both the cats that are wanting you? Nope, just one. But she was like shoving her face under the door and meowing. 
and it's like the mic is facing exactly at the door that she was meowing under. I'm like, you're just gonna hear meows in the background. I gotta tell you, you have you you have the most fucked up cats I know. Like like my cats don't do that. Like my cats are pretty well behaved, but you guys have to go through all kinds of shit when it comes to taking care of your cats. Oh, they're just they're just so needy. Like all they want to do is hang out, and so it's like anytime they see a closed door, they're like, there's something fucked up going on in there. I gotta see it, and then they come in. It's like, oh, you're just sitting in a chair. Well, okay. fuck you, I'm leaving. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Was it jelly throwing the tantrum? Yep. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, big stars. And then, yeah, okay, big stars. This one uh, ends with just like 40 seconds of kind of just like feedback and mm-hmm. noises. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was this one that had the most feedback. And this is the first time I think I noticed uh, maybe keyboard in there. Like, if it was a keyboard, it was just super distorted. But I was like, Mm, I, yeah, it's just yeah, it's, it's uh, there's some lines in here like no nothing. Like it says, for example, you said the look on my face was one of permanent sadness. No, nothing that sexy. I was like, fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I right. was I was a big fan of. Uh, I'm not afraid of losing time. Just worried about missing out. Yeah, mm-hmm. which, mm-hmm. I, yeah, again, just great lyrics. Like, I can't like. I, I, I want to see like if she has a book of poetry or even yeah. a novel. I I definitely buy into that immediately. I, mm-hmm. I kind of picked out that same final lyric run. I think we're all kind of picking our nuggets from it. Um, for me, it was just blonde hair so f- or uh, just blonde hair so fair that I found in our bed. You couldn't deal before. I'm so glad you're back, and it makes sense. You're still. I'm stubborn, and it felt shallow. Like Fuck. that. Even even in a situation of like betrayal from a partner you can't immediately divorce yourself from those emotions and mm-hmm. still that craving almost like an addiction. Like you still want them, but even if you have them, it feels empty in a way. Just you'll never really get back to that same place that it was just so insightful to me. And again, we're, we're going to talk about it on every track of this, this record probably, but yeah, her lyricism and her writing, it, it's really good stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I think like what's really understand. Yeah, go ahead. Dude. No, okay. What's, what's impressive on this is like, Usually with lyrics, we all kind of find like the same line, like, oh, that was a good line. We're all finding different stuff on this. Like there's yeah. so much here. Mm-hmm. It's I don't hear a whole lot of bands talk about, you know, infidelity in the way that sometimes you deal with it. Like sort of like like having to getting back someone who was unfaithful. And then mm. and but again, that stuff that that you know, that's still like it's 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 fucking true and it's hurt it hurts mm-hmm. you know like there's some, sometimes you you'll uh, there have been songs i've listened to not in this one particular but songs i listen to other records that made me uncomfortable because it made me deal with truth still within myself and i feel oh, like yeah. this could this can do that with some people you mm-hmm. know yeah uh, not just the music that's that's noisy and abrasive but just the yeah. lyrical content that you know this is there you know yeah, it, it's got a it's got a therapeutic value mm-hmm, uh, in, in this music beyond just that that emotional outlet of venting anger, of like oh fuck you, mom and dad, like a lot of punk music. <laughs> I'm is. not gonna clean my room, <laughs> right? I just wanted a Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking, mom. <laughs> but <laughs> that's so good. Um, but yeah, like. When it comes to yeah, the, the uh, we'll keep coming back to the lyrics on this, but but there's sometimes when you're feeling so fucking hurt and alone, mm-hmm. and you see something that you resonates with you, 
it yeah. makes you feel less alone, which is pretty cliche, and everyone says it. But I mean, I, I think uh, I wouldn't be going out on a limb to say that in some way, music was to have saved our lives in some aspect. Oh, yeah. And so uh, I'm sure there's someone out here that this perfect pissy pussy record is um very important <laughs> to them. Right. Yeah. So work. This is the name. The name of the song. <laughs> um, work. Again, uh, this one, I think it started out a little, yeah, it's fast. It started out, you know, angry and raw. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, this is another one that I feel like all the instruments are played pretty loosely. <laughs> um, which, this isn't like a bad thing overall. It's just like, you know, there's different styles of playing. And I think playing stuff a little more loosely is better for expressing emotions. And, you know, you can get in there and just like, do your cool arpeggios and rip, you know, right on, <laughs> right on beat and everything like that. But you do kind of lose a little bit of intensity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also do hear the bass for a second on this song. The the bass is what oh, stood yeah. out to me where, where I said, I thought this was a real, I, my note was it's a really cool bass line, but it ends up getting drowned out in the noise. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I, I put the, put both those, I think in the, in the sample, just so people knew yeah. it was there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We but, have proof. Um, we have proof that they're there. Yeah, this, this is when you need a sound engineer. This is when you like start to get a feel of why it's important to have those other back unseen people working on album production. Right. Or maybe, yeah. or maybe eggshells on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one has some. I mean, I got the basic, uh, the basic um, thesis of the song is that like, uh, men suck. You know, <laughs> like, like, like. Yeah. You know, in a relationship sucks. Like. For example, I love uh, my skin is full of blood, my eyes are full of stars, and my blood is full of stars. Like, just fucking cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think also there's definitely men suck as well. And there's the one lyric that stood out to me because I think just with the title of this track being work, mm-hmm. uh, and and the lyrics that stood out to me were, uh, you keep saying it's okay, I still don't believe you, I guess I photograph well, remind me again what you do. You stick your flesh in my mouth, say you like it when I bite, cross your fingers and be nice, and man, I just might. Um, and I think the thing that stood out to me, obviously, it's you know sexually charged, mm-hmm. but it, it's kind of when you're in a relationship, and if you're in a bad place in the relationship, you start getting into a competition-type mode and going like, well, what the fuck are you bringing to the relationship? And mm-hmm. it sounds like there's these questionings of value and what, what are you really producing? Mm-hmm. was kind of the theme that also stood out to me with the title and that like kind of lyrical stanza. Right. Yeah. I got yeah. that. And then also like, it seems like she was coming to these kind of relationships pretty late in life. And maybe by yeah. that point had built up an expectation for it. And then now the expectations are like, you know, I expected this to be magical and it's more than it's just work. Yeah. yeah. And like for example, uh, there's a line that says, and "Now you're back like it's nothing." It's sort of like saying, "Like, hey, mm-hmm. I thought you changed, and you did not. <laughs> nothing changed." Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, it says, "We make love and fall, so and it doesn't feel good. It's not magic; it's work." Yeah. So you know, the thesis of the song saying, "Like we, we this thing is over," you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yep. but ooh. also kind of kind of the other thing that stood out to me talking about work and this she falls into these relationships that are initially magic or like a magical expectation, but talking about how it needs mm-hmm. work. I mean, Chris, you're married, Ryan, you're married. I have mm-hmm. experience in long relationships. Um, yeah. And 
I think that's something that's lost on you when you're a teenager, you're 20 and you're watching yeah. different media productions that mm-hmm. you're going to find the one and everything's going to be easy. <laughs> and, yeah. and to me, there's still that lesson to be learned of like, yeah, sometimes it is work. It's right. just, I yeah. guess, the question of is the value you're getting out of the relationship worth the effort you have to put in? Yeah, I've been like that like, before. Like, this isn't fucking worth it. Like with, with past relationships, I'm like, like, like I'm expected something to work, but sometimes it's just not, it shouldn't be this hard. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a point to where, to where you, you can sort of use the scales and say, it will be good things, bad things. But then there's a time when you're like, well, this, there may be something good things. The bad things are so fucking awful that mm-hmm. this, it shouldn't be this hard. You know, mm-hmm. I shouldn't have to fucking put myself through this. So I've been in relationships that way by saying this isn't worth it. You know, like, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. But, uh, we can move on to interference fits. Okay. Interference fits. Mm-hmm. And it, and it, and this, <laughs> this one. So uh, we talked about like the lyrics and stuff and like, I'm impressed with like how wordy a lot of the stuff is, mm-hmm. but the part on online that's labeled the chorus is 20 unique <laughs> different lines. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, there's nothing catchy or earworming here. Like, I don't know yeah. why. You, Maybe you it's because so, mist- my note was the overlapping vocals. I thought it was kind of cool. The mix into the mm-hmm. the distortion on the vocals, the like kind of like textural feedback that it had mm-hmm. overlaying it, and then the overlap. It was something I don't know. It worked for me. Um, I don't. I'm not necessarily saying like it's unlistenable or anything like that. But when you think like chorus, this is where you sure. repeat like four lines a couple of different times. So it's like eh, this is our thesis of the song. We may even say the title, and I'm <laughs> I'm sure it's just like. Maybe like a mislabeling online, but I I actually laughed when I saw like this is the chorus and it's like no this is a this is the <laughs> verse like who's labeling this as a chorus it, yeah it's just a different part of the song um, but yeah. no I agree I do think that part was cool with like the stuff being overlaid and all that stuff mm-hmm. I'm I'm glad they're aware of this for online because uh yeah. I, when it were the vinyl a long ass time ago when I got it it was warped so I just. I dumped it. Like, I'm like, this is this is just upsetting me <laughs> having right. it in my in collection. So I didn't have the copy of the lyrics with me. So I'm glad this was this was in here. But I get yeah, it's well, hard especially because uh, we talked about kind of like burying her voice in the mix. Mm-hmm. She's singing through like she must be standing like right in front of like uh, the PA or something like that because it is just. I mean, if you can call feedback. it singing, she's yelling it. next to a yeah. PA. <laughs> But, yeah, it's hard uh, to pick a lot of stuff out because it's just it it's feedbacking and yeah, Scott, you said it's like it's like very textural. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The other the other thing for this song that uh, we have the return of a very prolonged tone held at the end that just did not work for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I this is where I wrote like I feel like all these tracks were kind of recorded with no thought given to tracks they had previously recorded. Oh yeah, because it's like. Guys, you had you gave yourself twenty minutes. <laughs> Why are you spending so much time just on like letting a song slowly fade out? Mm-hmm. Like I, I feel like I'm not getting anything extra from these moments, especially because they go on for so long. It's like yeah, they do. The first one was forty seconds. I feel like this one's pushing almost a minute, and it's just like mm-hmm. why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we'll talk about uh, song links later and uh, how they deal with a uh, record night in particular, but. We're getting the we get the dig, yeah. Uh, um, I wrote down like like when I got this this one's just a real self self effacing song, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And 
it's i mean this is to me is a little bit of a standout track this is probably my favorite song on the record mm-hmm. um and uh you know like uh this is uh, one self-effacing but again sort of accepting yourself the way you are you know like for example uh, i've embraced my suffering mm-hmm. um yeah as yeah i think she does a really good job of kind of being like angry outwardly but then also doing a bit of like self-reflection because she did it on the previous track too that it felt like a mixture of like being angry with herself but then kind of also accepting that plans might change and then Mm -hmm. uh on this one this is where i noticed um some i guess like connections between other tracks i think she mentions on on work that Mm -hmm. she's like i didn't really like have any interest in anybody until i was 21 and then she yeah. mentions in this track that she's 26 and it seems like she's just ready to give up. It's like, I've been dealing with shitty dudes for five years. Like, I, <laughs> you know, I think I'm cool. Like, I no more. Yeah. Yeah. I do like the line. Uh, but if anything, if, any, if I'm anything less than perfection, well, shit, nobody told me. Yeah. yeah I like, wrote that same line down. I, I love <laughs> that line. Yeah. And so uh, it, it's, you can either read it as sarcasm or you can read it as a, uh, as something that well, fuck, I don't give a fuck what anyone else says, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, like just the, uh, I don't want to say don't want Tondra, it's not what no, that's not what it is, but it's a cool line for, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and moving on to advance upon the real, which, mm-hmm. which this is a song that again ends with just four, like, yeah, I guess three or four you, minutes. This is about three minutes, yeah, because it's I wrote it's the longest track on here at five minutes, but it's only like a two minute long song. Yeah, and then the rest yeah. was just sort of like a softly played keys, and you're sort of try, kind to hear it, and you're like, "Why would this would this say anything to the fucking music?" If it's if, a real, uh, it's a real Moonchild moment. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the King Crimson track that's about two minutes of actual music, and then they improv poorly for the last five. <laughs> yeah. yeah, poop child, um, but. Uh, <laughs> But the the two minutes of the song are good, are good at the very least. Yeah, if you yeah, want to stay dr- drunk and devoted, um, I'm picking out lines in here that I liked. I think the uh, like the musical structure of this was really interesting because it's kind of like this like drum roll with like you know fast kind of tremolo pick guitars, and then it does. Uh-huh. It, it's very noisy during those, and then it like cuts to like a riff, a very very short riff, and then it's back <laughs> to the the drum rolls and stuff. So it's like almost this like tension and release. Yeah, kind of yeah. Do it. it. It was then, definitely the emotional shift of the album. This is when, like, the lyrics we've kind of talked about are starting to move into a more affirmation, self acceptance mm-hmm. type mm-hmm. picture by the later half of the album. This is when it's really come on fully for me that the tone of the music itself, we're away from that jumbled, overlapping, noisy part, and you enter. For me, I wrote it as a calm, somber kind of like instrumental or instrumental middle of the portion of this song. Yeah, um, and it being quiet and kind of having it seems like like bird sounds or something like that. Mm-hmm. It does kind of give it this like, hey, you should be like reflecting here. It's like we're gonna give you four minutes, take everything we just said, just kind of think about it, dwell on it, and yeah, you know, one of the lines next track that, will resolve this all. One of the lines in here that really like resonated with me with a past relationship says, and "Because of me, you can't like that one band anymore." I think everyone uh-huh. has that one band mm-hmm. that like you're like, yeah. God, my ex really loved me without you. I can't fucking stand them now yeah. because of them. Then you know, like a or whatever band that you know, I don't know. Billy Eilish, I don't. Know. 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyone here? Did, does anyone get? But I don't get. But I surely get something I don't get. I, I, get I don't her... think I've really tried. I liked. I liked the like little drop part in that bad guy song. I think yeah. it's really catchy. Yeah, yeah, the like kind of like bubbliness to like yeah. not bubbly like when you think of like bubblegum pop bubbly, but like it just kind of is a fun, playful tonal type thing. And I guess I get the appeal for people. I don't particularly enjoy it. But... I don't. I don't hate her music, but right. But 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 like like her her public persona bugs the shit out of me. And uh-huh. uh, I, I don't know. Why. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't think it bugs me very much. She definitely seems it. She's not. Well, she she kid, doesn't right? seem very like manufactured. She's just kind of like I don't really give a shit about my public appearance. Yeah, Although that's fair. It seemed like she tried to do something like artistic with the bit where she like dyed her hair. I think she's trying to make like a <laughs> a statement with like her previous album, but I didn't pay too much attention to it. So I, I, I read it as it was a theater kid that was homeschooled. <laughs> and so it like creates like this very unique production of a person that mm-hmm. you, you could tell there's something unique about them, I guess is the polite word that I can think yeah. of, but uh, not, not everyone will vibe with that. Right. The, but here we are again, 30 year old men talking about pop right. stars. Right. <laughs> target so, demographic. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just don't get it. <laughs> I think we just did back recently. in my day, pop stars they had frosted tips or ramen hair. <laughs> I think we talked about and when previous episode, me and Ryan talked about Olivia Rodrigo's album Sour, mm-hmm. and I, I, yeah, and, you know, <laughs> two white dudes in their thirties trying to be like seventeen-year-old girl relationships. Why isn't this clicking with me? Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Because. I feel like it's the return of pop punk, and I'll throw my ass in a circle about it. Well, <laughs> see, have you listened to the whole album? No, I haven't listened to Because the there are yeah, only there three go. tracks on there that are pop punk, oh, and those okay. are the only good ones. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah there's a bunch of uh, bunch of stuff. You're, like, you're thinking that Olivia Rodrigo is the, uh, is the return, and she's subversive, and she's not really yeah. <laughs> at all. Like, yeah. she's, like, like, they, she may say the fuck word five times, mm-hmm. but that's about it. Um, yeah. And it there are three good songs on there. There are three some some really three bangers, or at least four for me. There's oh. one song that Ryan doesn't like, but but uh, again, we're not talking about Oliver <laughs> <Right>. Ego. <laughs> yeah. We are talking about the final track, seven, uh, mm-hmm. which they say is instrumental, but there I hear something not, in there. Yeah, yeah there's a spoken word there. in there, but again, yeah. it's it's buried and feedbacky, so it's like. I have zero takes on the lyrics <laughs> on this one because I cannot understand what's being the, said. The lyrics are hard. I guess my initial impression was I felt like there was kind of like a cool electronica type vibe. Like it gave me like just in my own head projecting like 2001 Space Odyssey, like floating through space kind mm-hmm. of vibe. I, I, got, I got more of a, uh, a blue screen of death feeling with, the, oh, with this song. Okay. No, yeah, I, so- can, I can see that because it, it does kind of have like more sci-fi sounds early on and mm-hmm. then it starts to get like really noisy and corrupted yeah. and almost like glitchy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's cool. Cause it's, it takes that, that quiet kind of contemplative uh, sound of like the synths and stuff before mm-hmm. and builds something new and interesting out of it. Like it feels well, like the, it grows organically. The note that I had to myself, right when that distortion kind of kicks in, the lyric that I could mm-hmm. pull out was, this is my photograph. And it kind of takes on, the distortion starts to build kind of back into those initial beginning of the album, the kind of more angry emotional mm-hmm. sentiments in the music. 
And so I thought that was interesting, the juxtaposition of you're kind of returning that mood when you start to pull in this discussion of like yourself or the depiction of yourself, maybe, and I don't know if it's a current depiction, probably not. Cause it seems like through all the lyrics, her current depiction is pretty self-accepting, but maybe right. it's from the time she was younger and in these bad places. Right. Yeah. Cause you, it's like a photograph. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's proof that this person still existed. Like there's yeah. something mm-hmm. there that's permanent, even if you're a different person. Mm-hmm. So overall, what were your thoughts on this? Was it like, do you think any of you guys would revisit this record? I don't know. I, yeah. I kind of like, I appreciated a lot of the stuff on it. Uh, mm-hmm. It, it gave me vibes. And I think Scott, you've listened to them of a mill and the sniffers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A very similar kind of like kind of raucous punky thing. But in comparison, like when, when I'm coming into like punk or even like noise and stuff is like, I want these like cathartic releases Mm-hmm. or something I can maybe bop my head to something like that. And I feel like I, I kind of missed having just like a cool riff or some sort of release. This felt like a lot of just like tension and anger that didn't have any sort of like, ah, that was cool. <laughs> but yeah. I really liked the lyrics. I think there's a lot to digest there. And I yeah. think, I I mean, I'd probably revisit those or i i do want to see what else she's done because i know she's in like a noise band yeah mm-hmm. and, uh and uh, i uh like when it comes to me having having this record um i'm glad i i'm glad i was aware of this band i'm glad i listened to it for sure yeah um i got something out of it but i don't know if it's something that i can really throw on you know like yeah casually so i, I think i have a lot of respect for them for mm-hmm. sure and, and i think it's a valuable album i think it would be great like we we said, like if you're in a certain place in your life or like you need to engage in like music therapy to deal with some emotions you can't put words to, mm-hmm. then I then I think it would be fantastic for specific situations. It's not a I've got a handful of minutes on my drive to work. Let's listen to some perfect pussy. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe you just have to be in like the right mood for it, and maybe I wasn't. Well that that to me when people say that, for example, like I had someone say that about Inglorious Bastards, I'm like I need to go back and watch it. I was in a bad mood. I'm like, I should get something out of them. I should get something out of it now. I don't know. I think your I think your mood can affect whether you like things. Like one of my favorite albums of all time, uh, I listened to and I got a headache while I was listening to it, and I was like, oh, that album gives me a headache. It was not related. It was related uh-huh. to me having not slept the night before and like legitimately just getting a headache. <laughs> so what record was that? Just uh, Hugh Bardo by Ko Dot. Mm. It took me like three yeah. years to give it another listen, and now I'm like, oh shit, this is one of my favorite albums of all time. Mm-hmm. I think they'll probably show up on the podcast at some point, right? It has to, but okay. it's also like over an hour and a half long, so I don't want to. <laughs> <Dude. laughs> <laughs> um, so, so before so, we start in on the next thing, I uh, need to whiz. Okay. Go whiz, pal. I'll do the same. Yeah. yeah. I didn't do this break. All right. <laughs> All We've bad. all got very similar sized bladders, it seems. Yeah. <laughs> well, I done that beer I had like, just pretty quickly. So. <laughs> when all the when all the fellas sync up their cycles together. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Scott, what do you know about psychedelic porn crumpets? Just a little uh, rundown, if you could. Yeah. Uh, so this is a band that I found, um, or just helped kind of start listening to a few years ago. 
as we talked about in the intro, I'm really into King Gizzard and kind of this new neo-psychedelia movement. Um, and I found them when I was on Reddit and there's a subreddit of if you like blank. And somebody <laughs> made somebody made a post on that where they were like, hey, if I like the OCs, King Gizzard, Ty Siegel, what else might I like? And I was like, oh, hell yeah. I basically wrote this post. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and this was one of the bands that were mentioned. And I was just like, what the hell is that fucking name? And, you know, <laughs> so I uh, had to check it out and uh, started with their their debut album, uh, High Visceral Part One, which is what mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about today. Mm-hmm. Um, and like from the moment go, I just... I love this album and I feel like that's kind of unique. There's a few bands you find where the first listen to you, like, oh, that's okay. And they marinate on you and they grow over time. But, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but this, this album, high visceral part one really uh, jumped into it for me. So uh, this band, they formed, they're from Perth, Australia, or Path, Australia, sorry, Australians, <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> um, which uh, for people that are into this kind of genre of music is going to be most famous for producing something like tame impala right yeah and i got i got a lot of uh a lot of similarities between the two we'll talk about that later absolutely so uh and the band mentions how tame impala and pond also out of path um <laughs> big influences on them um but the, the, they're part of that australian invasion of new psychedelic stuff that's really been coming on in the mm-hmm. scene the last few years um and they seem like good dudes so the the band's made up of jack McEwen. Uh, vocalist and guitarist and he does a lot of the songwriting or credited for most of the songwriting luke Parrish on guitar uh, danny caddy on drums chris young on keyboards and a previous bassist uh luke reynolds which i think he's no longer associated with the band but he might have been involved in high visceral i'm not 100 percent certain i was trying to get a definitive answer and it just turned into a searching nightmare right. um <laughs> but Give the drama I know, uh, but they've come on pretty well. Uh, when they first started, I guess they met through a mutual drug dealer. Uh, is, is the story that they tell? Wait, are you that telling me sense. that these guys do drugs? I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I guess uh, Jack McEwen, he was originally working on this when he was in university, and he showed uh, "Cornflake," which is the introductory track to this album, uh, to, to Luke Parrish. And I guess from there, they're just like, yeah, let's let's do something. Let's see what we can make of this. Um, and that's how the band was formed. Um, but now they're they're pretty big. They've done, a, I think they've been toward the U.S. And I know they've been to Europe and they've been in Japan for a festival show. Most recently, they got nominated for an ARIA in uh, 2021, which is like Australia rock music's like mm-hmm. top award uh, for their most recent release, Shiga. Um, the Sunlight Mound, I think, is the name of it. I haven't listened to that album yet, but I think I checked that out sometime in 2021. Yeah, yeah. Scott, you told me about this band. I think mm-hmm. like directly after your first listen. Yeah, and I saw the name and I was like, "Fuck, this is gonna be <laughs> another." I've had somebody recommend. Have you guys heard of what is their name? Like Rainbow Kitten Surprise? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's a name that is very similar, like in that same vein of it just sounds like random, like, like, lol, I'm so random <laughs> thing. And you listen to it and you're like, this does not live up to its name at all. No, I remember but psychedelic porn crumpets. I was like, yeah, you know what? <laughs> it got <laughs> like perfect. But I, holy I, 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 I gotta be honest. Um, when it comes to the name. I I was I mentioned to my wife. She was like, "What the fuck is that?" I'm like, "Well, uh, it's something that I I expected. <laughs> I expected something like this, but um, 
but uh it's it's much better than i expected for sure mm-hmm. it absolutely and i remember when i found out about it and i sent it to you ryan and i was i think i even included a message where i was like please get past the name it's a terrible <laughs> name <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the music is very good um and they obviously the band's been asked about the name on a few mm-hmm. interviews oh, sure. and it sounds like basically it was a random threw out a name they kind of picked a name that in their mind would kind of pop them and make them funny um but the, the closest explanation that it seems like they've given to any interviewer was that they they were very interested and they like uh the mighty boosh mm-hmm. and oh, this yeah. runs in that humor vein of the mighty boosh is kind of the closest that they've given to any real explanation that makes sense yeah, yeah. so uh this theme has been kind of like rolling around in our hat for a little bit and if you had not picked it for this episode, I was going to pick this yeah. band whenever this came up. Like, this is one of those ones that it's like, I, even even amongst, like, what we've picked, I can get past Perfect Pussy. Mm-hmm. I can get past Goblin Cock based on, like, its context and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm still coming to terms with psychedelic porn crumpets. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> And, and this goes back to our original criteria. Like, it's so hard to admit to somebody about this band or recommend this band unless you're very familiar with their musical yeah. taste, mm-hmm. know what they like. I mean, <laughs> I'm still, I'm, I'm still like, just the first two words, psychedelic porn doesn't doesn't help for me. Yeah. I'm just like, huh? I just, uh, but the crumpets part just makes. Although I'm very weirder. curious. Let's bring up. Let's bring up some red tube let's see what no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see what Pornhub has to say about yeah. porn. the other interesting thing about the name was when you're looking for interviews on youtube their search algorithm mm. does not love entering the word porn and it will autofill and recommend oh you're looking for psychedelic popcorn crumpets right <laughs> <laughs> yeah i made sure that while I was searching this on my work here i use the incognito tab uh-huh. so i could yeah, because I, I was like, this is just, there's some, you know, even bands, and you're like, man, am I going to search this in my search bar? Uh-huh. You know, what's what's going to come up instead? But uh, I feel like I'm I would sure. always write very exact, long search <laughs> queries of, like, perfect pussy, band, say yes to love album. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 2014, yeah. with exactly eight tracks, the final yeah. being called yeah. seven in Roman numeral. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think about. All three of our names are kind of, uh, it's kind of scary if we bring up yeah. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. Google just gobbling cock. You know, like <laughs> they're all uh, they're all sexual. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, do we want to get into the sample, or then we we'll get into this a uh, bit more? Absolutely. So this is a uh, psychedelic porn crumpets, high visceral part one. <laughs> Oh, I have it. 
So those are Segula Porn Crumpets, Hyvisol Part 1. Mm-hmm. Um, so right away, going through this record, they're like, I don't, I don't know, 75% of the songs are about drugs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> I'm not the only one that thinks that the, this sounds a, like the the, the uh, vocals at least sound a lot like Tame Paul, right? That's not just me. Yeah, yeah I, I think at times, and there's also like some Tame Impala esque tendencies on uh, some of like the filler, not the the interstitial tracks. Right. It's it's the thing is like you know if you think uh, Tame Impala sounds like the we sound a lot like Beatles, like at least uh, John Lennon stuff, which is fine. Yeah. Um, and so it just goes back on that. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's definitely its own thing, which I yeah. appreciate. It's not just a Tame Impala, you know, clone. Yeah. Um. And it's and it's a little. It's definitely. It definitely reminds me of the Tam Paul that I like more, which is rock Tam Paul, and not not necessarily. Um. You know, I, I like I, I like um I like Currents just fine. And, and uh, the, what's the newest one called? The Slow Rush. Yeah, I like those. I, just vi- fine, but I visited Slow Rush recently, and I was like, uh, you know what? Uh, it, that's pretty comfortably the worst Tame Impala album. It's still good, but yeah, I definitely like uh, I I like the the Rocky stuff more. And I think if you listened to um, Lonerism or Inner Speaker, and you're like, I just wish this was like a little edgier and a little heavier. I think mm. this is an album you should absolutely check out because I yeah. I hear a lot of people um, say like, Hey, if you like Tame Impala, you'll like King Gizzard. And it's like, no, it's like, not, I think if you like Tame Impala, you'll probably, you'll probably find something more in this. I think this is closer to Tame Impala than King Gizzard is or OCs are. Yeah, I agree completely. And it's funny you mentioned the Beatles, Chris, because when they've obviously every band gets asked about who their inspiration is or who they like listening to growing up. And Jack McEwen, he would say like, yeah, you know, when he was really young, it would be things like the Beatles and Led Zeppelin. Then you kind of find Nirvana and then you move from Nirvana and you kind of start branching out more into things like doom metal, stoner metal with like, you know, Sabbath obviously being Mm -hmm. the foundational piece of that. But then he talks about the Mars Volta being very inspirational mm-hmm. to him mm-hmm. and kind of help helping form him at one point in his life. And he gave one interview where he said Cedric from Mars Volta would be like his dream person to work with. to like mm-hmm. put something out, which I, I can hear that at times in some of his yeah. stuff. I um, check that album out, but then very, <laughs> very recently for him uh, just being in Perth, it's Tame Impala and pond are, are big influences. So like all of those things, one, it's kind of like was my personal musical discovery trip was all yeah. those same bands. And then more recently hearing that influence of the neo-psychedelic scene in Australia, definitely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. King, King Gizzard are from Australia, right? They yeah, are. Yeah. From Perth. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's the Perth guys? Are yeah. Boys something, <laughs> something in the water. Man. Well, they joke because they'll ask them, right? And, and I guess Jack McEwen will joke about... Um, how they just got the embargoes lifted. Cause you know how Australia will get like games and other media really delayed. <laughs> like uh-huh. they're just now having their inspirational uh, type, type influence from all the music reaching them for the first time. <laughs> I, I checked real fast. King Giz is from Melbourne. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know how far dry that is, but we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> Probably huge. I feel like 
Australia is all just along the coast, and it's yeah. like yeah. it's like hours between every I mean, city. I know Perth is Western Australia. And I'm pretty sure Melbourne's on the eastern coast. This is Americans talking geography podcast. Yeah, we're <laughs> we're good at that. Yeah, it's Americans. Uh, yeah, Americans talk. To, yeah. Um, man, I I imagine Australians just just like, no, we're not close at all. But um, yeah. <laughs> uh. See, I mean, you, you say that I've met people from Australia and, you know, I was asking about like where they're from and all this stuff. And they were like, oh, I'm from here. We're like close to Melbourne. It's like an eight hour drive. And I was like, that is not clo- like you don't know what close. Is. But you know what? No, I feel like Australians understand Americans the same way. Because oh, yeah. like when you talk to Europeans about close drives, it's like an hour, two hours. And, you know, I grew up in Southern California and mm-hmm. so it's like, oh, yeah, you can fuck off to the Bay Area for a weekend. It's just an eight, nine hour. Trek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. People talk about in Europe that, you know, going somewhere an hour away is a, is a fucking long ways away. And you think about how close the countries are, like you got England uh, and France. And you're like, well, they speak two different languages in the span of like space is like texas size you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah. so yeah they're like across a channel from each other yeah, yeah. Like it's like a completely <laughs> different world europeans you guys wild you all of you the yeah. poles the germans the italians <sighs> and Spanish, and the Portuguese. Oh, yeah shout out catalonians you got any catalonians <laughs> listening to the podcast the moldovans yeah <laughs> the where are my basques at <laughs> You guys want to talk about cornflakes? Yeah, let's do it. The cereal. No, I want to shout out Liechtenstein. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cornflakes. So, Scott, you were saying this is like the technically like the first psychedelic. Yeah, song. It, it was something that Jack McEwen was working on on his own, and I think he had a few of these like in the oven, just working on it as a solo type thing when he was in in college. Um, but this was the introduction track that they made um, between him and Luke Parrish, I believe, um, that kind of was like, yeah, let's see if we can't get something together and, and turn it into a larger type thing. And they kind of talked about um, how they had discussed, you know, should they release EPs or not? And if you go try and look at the early beginning, they don't have any EPs. They jumped straight into an album, which was this. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of poke fun at themselves because really there's High Visceral Part 1 and Part 2. And they're like, geez, were we going to be pretentious and release a debut double album? (laughs) (laughs) But um, I guess they've kind of kept that mentality of like wanting to be a DIY band and trying to take these big shots. So they formed their own record label also recently. So I think if you're listening to this on Spotify, I think this is technically the re-release of of High Visceral. um, Because I think it was originally released on Rhubarb Record. I'm not 100% certain on that. But um, their new record label is What Reality. But yeah, so this was their their first track, um, and there was a possible track that was going to lead into this that ended up getting cut from the record because he said it was basically just three chords of just him heavy strumming, and it he would show it to friends, and they'd be like, "Ugh, this is your band." Yeah. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> but um, so Cornflake got bumped up to lead off track, it which <laughs> honestly might have been a good choice. It's like I as much as I like intro tracks and lead in stuff, especially for like big uh big piece of music like this like cornflake is like the best play way to start like it's just oh, got yeah, this, it's... like heavy blues sound it's like it's just immediately like all right we're rocking yeah, yeah and it sort of it sort of lets you sort of know what you're getting into um for the rest of the record because it's 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 not as um psychedelic as some stuff could be 
because it's 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 not quite as loose, but it's still fucking it it's it's got some stink. So yeah, nod your head to this, getting mm-hmm. into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has that nice distorted like warping intro, and then just mm-hmm. hits you right with the big bombastic crashes, and you're just you're in it. You you go from completely cold to now you're just bopping with it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, which they it's do got... a great job of. Like I feel like pretty much every track on here, it's like you've got your like your head nodding moments. Mm-hmm. 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 I mean I, I do like lines in here like thinking binge, you know? Like mm-hmm. uh, well, like when you wanted Pepsi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well I think I think they actually do a pretty good job with lyrics, even though like most of them are just about like this is what drugs are like. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This this one I got more of like they haven't quite gotten to the drug part yet, but it's kind Not of yet. like you, you know worrying a bit about like overthinking and how it's you know either like ruining moments or fun because you're just kind of overthinking stuff a little too much. Yeah, I, I feel like this album, if it has like a general arc to it, I feel like it is. And Chris, you kind of mentioned this of being an arc almost to a trip. Yeah. And mm-hmm. cornflake, when you read the lyrics, it kind of reads about. Life getting overwhelming, taking it too serious, thought taking, mm-hmm. being in a thinking binge, mm-hmm. and just wanting to disconnect, let things take over and run. Um, so this is kind of that intro to that. That you know what? Let's fucking do it. Let's mm-hmm. let's trip, man. <laughs> yeah, I like yeah. Uh, I like the line in here. The time's been fluttering by, and I can't keep track of it. Mm-hmm. Like just kind of this, just like you're you're like stuck in a routine. You know, uh, you uh-huh. you check in every so often. You're like, fuck, it's been five years. <laughs> Right, <laughs> or if you're in a trip, which I've time dilation when you're tripping is trippy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've heard when you eat mushrooms that the taste, when it kind of has that delayed onset, it can really hit you bad with nausea. I, I know I, I've had friends who talk about that's why they always prepare it as like a tea. It just kind of hmm. a little more mellow I, for them. Uh, so they do a good job of like balancing this psychedelic mm-hmm. music. I think yeah. this kind of new wave of psychedelic stuff is a little bit more balanced in it's like psychedelic stuff. So yes, it, it's heavy and rocking. So you've got the, the rocking part, but then um, in the verses, like it gets really like dreamy and echoey. Yeah. And reverby in the vocals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, you know, the instruments kind of get quiet and laid back, um, but you never get any of this like early Pink Floyd experimentation of just like, we're making noise for a few minutes because we found out how to, mess around with the tape in a funny way oh and look it's we, like you look, get, at that, look at a phaser pedal check this out yeah, yeah. So you do <laughs> you do kind of get like interesting sounds and interesting experiments but we, again with this like newer wave of it it's definitely like more balanced it's like how can we enhance the music we've already made as opposed yeah. to just presenting strange sounds as yeah the thing it's we're more it's more musical yeah for sure mm-hmm. like 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 there's nothing that's gonna I mean, I'm not, we're not testing the membrane of getting outside of like what used to be considered. This is all pretty good. Like all pretty. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying the same good is the right word. It's all pretty balanced, and that's a perfect way to put it, right? I think I think that's a thanks. I thought of it myself. And, and they know, good job. <laughs> they touched on that. I think it was an interview I read in DIY Mag on their website where they mm-hmm. were saying how like a lot of psychedelic music they can get kind of up their own asses this wasn't yes, their words yeah. this is me saying it in my words um and how you know you'll be listening to something that's going for 20 minutes of just some abstract fucking around shit and they're like unless mm-hmm. you are actively high you are not going to care for that and it's going to be too much so they wanted to kind of take it down and and just play with it but in a more manageable 
set piece. They, I guess they've said since they're kind of like failing on that uh, as they've aged and matured as a band somewhat, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, let's uh, get into Cuban Cuban lenses. Yeah, I so, didn't. I didn't uh, know it was a a mushroom type, so I'm just like looking at it as like a weird sci-fi name when I first saw it, and I'm like, that's uh, a cool track title. <laughs> yeah, but like, like right away, like with the name, they're like, oh, this is what this track's about. Like right away, like uh-huh. they're making the secrets of it. The cool, the thing I had the most noticed about the song is the speaker drift. Yes, like, uh, um, and uh, you know that 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 is trippy in itself, especially listening to headphones. You're like, fuck. But, uh-uh. um, <laughs> yeah, this but, one uh, the, is. We're talking about like head bobbing and all that stuff. Like mm-hmm. this one is, I at least for me, the the head bobbingest, the booty shakingest, air drumming Absolutely. along <laughs> track. Yeah. Like, yeah, when I was listening through it, uh, one of the times I was listening through, it, it's like I can't stop myself from doing the little drum arms. Like yeah, yeah, this I'm a yeah, drummer. This song <laughs> yeah, this one definitely does rule. It has it's it's a big catch even uh, like the chorus. Like mm-hmm. I I found myself, you know. Just it following me after I took yeah. my headphones off. I, I wrote um, for me. It's this this really strong, just incredible opening hook. Just immediately bam into that frenetic high energy kind of high energy jamming mm-hmm. type thing. But like we said, with that kind of, kind of this distortion type things, where it will have these quick breaks. So the the lyric, the, if you're reading it on a lyric sheet, it's when he goes to. Um, uh, I, I think it's something like plant a seed from nature, and you know then um watch a plant grow it kind of does this distortion like watch a plant grow and it's like you're right. back into the jam you're just like oh yeah <laughs> yeah it's all like little like moments of mm-hmm. do- doing interesting uh like sound experiments yeah um and i i like this one i feel like it without all the energy this song had had the potential to be just like really repetitive mm-hmm. um yeah because it is just kind of built around that one little guitar riff thing, but it's so catchy and there's so much energy and interesting stuff happening behind it that it's like, you're just in for the ride and you're like, this rules. I wish they would play this riff for two yeah, hours. Uh, my, yeah. My, my notes just say song rules. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, you know, I, I think next time I, I get stoned, I'm going to do with antelopes just like he did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, they do a lot honest. of cool stuff with like the music mm-hmm. matching along with like vocal melodies. Like it does this kind of like descending pattern during. Uh, oh, what's he saying? He's saying like among my uh, reality or something like that, and it's it descending along with what he's singing. And with the echoiness and the in the, the speaker drift, which stays the whole song, it really does. It really does um immerse you in what this. I mean, this record itself, like. Like it, it definitely. I, I don't think that I have any speaker drift when it comes to listening to to Kevin Parker or uh, or uh, it's just it's just a cool uh, little trick they put in this song for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I was a big fan of the line of "Try and remember to remember remembering more." Yeah, <laughs> like that's that's just that's a mouthful. But I like it sounds like nonsense when you read it, but then you're like, oh yeah, yeah. There's there's logic in this line. I know what he's uh-huh. saying, uh, but it's uh, well, and I think funny. it's when if if you're in the middle of a trip and you're approaching that level of like dissociation, Fuck. you you start <laughs> having those kinds of thoughts, right? Or so I've been told. So <laughs> this song does another kind of like I've never done mushrooms. I don't have a any insight in this. Sorry, so I'm 
changing me, the subject. Me no, too. No worries, dude. No worries. Me too. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it does another cool kind of like, I don't know if it's like a compositional thing or what, but it, mm-hmm. I feel like it has a couple of like false endings. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Like almost like two minutes before the track ends. You're like, oh man, songs, songs about to end. They're wrapping up and then it's like, Oh shit! There's like two minutes left of this song, and they kind of do it a couple of times. You're like, "Oh, it's done." <laughs> gotcha. But but you're not upset that it's not over. Oh, absolutely yeah. not. But, it was, but it's like it like starts to wind down. And you get this little bit of like, "Oh man, it's almost over," and then you're like, "Oh shit, it's not." Hell yeah! Right. There's this term called demo of, which is like when the song is good for the first minute and a half. <laughs> and then, it and then it's four you. minutes of really quiet like synth drums or... <laughs> <laughs> got them um, marmalade march um mm-hmm. this this again just about doing drugs or drinking and i got a real foster the people type um not foster the people i'm sorry Fucking... foster's home for imaginary friends yes exactly no um i like marmalade march it has it's has a i'm trying to there's a um there's a uh, vocal p- pattern in this that reminds me of, if you guys give me a second, I can figure it out. But uh, yeah, I, I was, um, I do like this song though. It's a, uh, I'm so glad you're struggling with this, not on this song, but on another track that we're going to talk about in this episode. Uh, I had the same thing where I was like, this guy's voice in this track is exactly like something else. And I could not place an intro. <laughs> <for> crazy. <laughs> I, so this is another, another drug one. And I, <laughs> yeah, I, think, you know, like, <laughs> I think why I like their approach to like tripping tracks is mm-hmm. a lot of people kind of fall in, you know, they do it a little bit, but they fall into this, like, I'm just going to describe weird abstract imagery with like almost like weird word association. And that's my drug track. But this one mm-hmm. is like, he's talking more about like the experience of like hanging out with someone else who is like also tripping. And it's like, you're watching them and it's it's like it it almost feels like it's like an inversion of the previous track of like almost like you switch perspectives into the guy like into somebody who's watching the guy on cubensis lenses uh like just tripping this isn't lucy in the sky (laughs) um, and so i was thinking it has this sort of and i don't like cage the elephant but i got cage the elephant like i can see that totally totally um, yeah yeah, but, but I mean, that didn't bother me. I didn't think. I, I think what it is, uh, is the song because like Cage the Elephant, and I can't remember the other bit. Just there's this genre of music that all I can describe it as is Borderlands intro video music, <laughs> <laughs> and Cage the Elephant's part of that. And I think it's this like modern, like kind of like boogie woogie with like country <laughs> twang. And I think the way yeah. he's singing. It, it it like implies that like little bit of country vibe to it, but when for, it comes to this, uh, the, I actually for the nose first noticed the Australian accent in this song, mm. where he said Aust- astronauts like uh, but not like 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 weirdly. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> for me, when I read this uh, with this track, if we're, when I'm thinking of this track as like the arc of like a trip or something like this, mm-hmm. I feel like Cubensis and Cornflake are kind of that intense ramp up and even if it's not a psychedelic trip like we've all imbibed some ethanol in our time right Mm -hmm. some good old Mm -hmm. alcohol and you have that (laughs) phase of the night where like you're in it you're drunk and like it's really fun you're doing shots still it's chaotic and then this is kind of when you're in that stabilization phase of it where now for me i felt like this song starts to get almost sludgy not in like sludge type music but like 
you start to slow, but everything's good. And you're kind of like just riding the wave a little bit. Right. But yeah. You're like kinda... coasting or something. Yeah. But uh, I've gotten to the point where I'm drunk. I'm like, fuck, I'm going to feel like shit tomorrow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're all in but, our thirties. We all know what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So the one of the things I do love about this song, one of the lines that really is trying to hide from entropy, which is, which is, I mean, yes. in itself kind of sad, but again, it's basically saying, Hey, there are positive experiences from doing these things that are listed mm-hmm, not yeah. necessarily so uh you know like like you're saying ryan that that it's sort of looking at the person who's tripping and yeah or like, like really kind of like checking in with the group because yeah. this is this is stuff you don't do on your own like you're you're with other people and part of the experience is like what's this guy doing what's this guy yeah. doing what am i doing <laughs> Yeah, like for example, because his heart and his brain and heart are divorced. Uh, I mean, like really cool uh, lines in here, but like for example, like being with friends. (laughs) That's the best way to put it. Well, Uh, I I do want to say I picked out um, I picked out the same lyric you did of trying to hide from entropy because I think it Mm -hmm. picks up um, again with the arc of the album that near the end Mm -hmm. of the album we have a title track called Entropy, Mm -hmm. and so I think they keep they carry some themes through a little bit beyond Mm -hmm. just drugs <laughs> right um i will say just as a warning to people who are listening to it this does have an f-bomb on it uh, oh so no this track but they're they're not talking about it in a sexual way so this track is rated pg-13 so parental guidance is suggested oh, okay uh for this track no that that's fair I mean, you don't, you don't want people saying the fuck word. Yeah, uh, and I do. I do want to point out. There's a moment on here where there's like a cool, like fuzzy little bass line. It's only there for like a moment. Oh yeah. But it's like yeah. it's like kind of like a bass solo, but he's not like doing anything impressive. It's just like we're gonna highlight the bass for a second. And I really like that part. I think I put it in the sampler just because I was like, nice. yeah, this part whips ass. <laughs> I'd also like nice to say, remember, kids, if you're gonna do drugs, stay polite. Don't use cuss words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, we'll move into the uh, chill breezy track and the adult abstract. Adult, oh fuck! And the adult <laughs> abstraction of being. You did it. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I this, such so a witch about today. What this is the Tame Impala track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one. It sounds like a track off Inner Speaker that I can't remember the name of. <laughs> um, but it's it's all kind of just based around like two little guitar chords. Uh, in in the Tame Impala version, it, it sounds like one. Yeah. I will. If I could ever remember it, I will. I'll shout it out. But uh, mm-hmm. I really like this track. I I did too. I really like the beginning of it. You just have that nice, light, crisp guitar uh, mm-hmm. that just ha- it has a touch of distortion, but the distortion yeah. doesn't like. It's not the overriding theme yeah. of, of the guitar. And it's just a nice, like, happy tone to it. Um, yeah, I I really enjoy this track. Yeah, it's 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 nice. It's 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 a it's. It's there. It sort of helps break it up a bit. Um, Absolutely. And again, like, just like breezy and easy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I mean, I, I didn't really get anything. This just has a little cosmic thing saying, like, uh, you know, uh, three dimensional intimate life. Want to watch the watch, watch Earth evolve? But again, I didn't. I didn't really get a whole lot of. I mean, I guess it could be drugs, but I'm not gonna. That, that would mean me projecting onto it what other songs are about yeah i think i think with this one like if i've i have fully accepted scott's thing of this is like an arc of like a trip yeah this is the part where it's like you're kind of your brain is starting to do those like weird like deep thoughts like you're like Uh what's the meaning of existence what's this so he's kind of like stuck in these deep thinking things he doesn't 
quite have an idea about, but it's mm-hmm. like he's thinking about these like abstract ideas that just are kind of inherent or come with like existing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you just normally you're kind of accepting things as as they are, but with this mm-hmm. new substance rattling around in your brain, you're kind mm-hmm. of like, well, does that does that actually make sense? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're just kind of like starting <laughs> to question things. Mm-hmm. I also have a very small note, but somewhere in the middle of the song, there's just a real brief, like, cool little bluesy chord followed by a mm-hmm. woo! And maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm a sucker for woos, but I thought that little snippet was very fun. <laughs> Yay for woos. Um, <laughs> you guys want to talk about High Visceral, the instrument, one of the instrumental tracks, or, or the instrumental track in this record? Yeah. Which is, I think, the, the beginning of Side 2. Yeah. <laughs> And this the, t- is, the title track for the album. It's yeah. so weird that it's the titular track because it's instrumental and it doesn't really sound like a lot of the stuff on the album. It sounds like like a Midwest emo track. Like somebody got mm-hmm. really into like American football, the band, <laughs> uh, and was like, I can do that. Um, mm-hmm. but, I like it though. Oh, I yeah. really appreciate this. Yeah. Like kind of like a nice little like laid back break. Uh, I actually got too into it and forgot to like start taking notes on the next track because I was just like, yeah, I was just like out of it. <laughs> yeah, uh, for me, I really like. There's kind of like this like rolling drum with I think a little bit of tambourine that mm-hmm. that I really enjoyed um, in in this song. Um, I also got going back to like the arc of the trip. This is when I really feel like I'm picking up elements of like a sense of cohesiveness, peace, mm-hmm. oneness. Um, a little bit of like hints of grandeur or mystery, like kind of experiencing all those <laughs> and just that floating. Like you said, Ryan, on the previous track, that introduction to those deeper feelings or deeper mm-hmm. thoughts. Uh, speaking of the previous track, the Tame Impala track that it sounds like is called Expectation. Okay. Mm. I looked mm. it up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I think this is, it's a cool track. Uh, of the, it feels kind of like a, I, I don't want to say filler because it feel it does feel like it's a part of the album, but like an interstitial, like interlude kind of track. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's two on this album, and I I like this one quite a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also like the track afterwards. Surfs mm-hmm. up, so, my, which is my favorite song in the record. Surfs up, yeah. 100%. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's cool. Yeah. It's they have this like '50s rock mixed yeah. with like surf guitar line. Yeah. Yeah. that they that they play and it's like it feels like a little like off kilter maybe like a little like yes. math rocky where it's like I, something it, like you can't quite like bob your head to it because it like either goes on for a little too long or it's like changing its phrasing but it's really yes. cool yeah. i mean you, i mean i i don't know if it has to do with the song but today yesterday i was i was basically trying to figure out like what's five four sound like so I just do the five four and uh <laughs> yeah the i this song to me, like you said, very surfy, very fifty mm-hmm. guitar. Mm-hmm. At and least at fucking, the beginning, and it yeah. rocks, dude. If this song fucking rocks, yeah, um, yeah I feel like and, it has. It almost has like a reggae vibe to it. So yes, what I what 100%. I what I what I felt was it was like I feel like the song's bracketed by surf rock. The intro and yeah. the outro are very surfy. That middle portion, I get like Latin guitar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, actually, we're down to islandy. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um. Because yeah, like like for example, it it does have a sort of Caribbean sky element yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's very it's very like bouncy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it rocks in a different way than mm-hmm. the rest and of the my, stuff, which I really but like. But, it, but it's my favorite song on the record. Like, 
um, hands down, which is, I guess, weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I, I, it's definitely up there as far as the whole record. I don't know that I have it as my number one, but it's definitely the top or t- the upper tier of this album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's wow. also only like ten tracks here, maybe only like eight tracks here to like choose from, so it's hard to choose because they're all cool yeah. and unique in different ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you guys make of the lyrics on this one? I was getting vibes of like, dude wants to smang. I don't know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Dreams, I can't quite tell. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. I, th- I think that, man, like if we were looking at this at a drug trip, it's that fucking weird time where you, where uh, visions of lust aren't necessarily mixed with sexual feelings. You know, and you said this vision. Um, but again, I'm not quite sure what, what what to make of this either the lyrics are hard to get like your head around because for me like the the part where i at least i pay attention the most maybe because i just like the energy of this portion is when it gets to the chorus and it's the so began the tale of a man who was Mm -hmm. mad in his brain long for a dream where he was sane and everyone else was somebody else like that one's kind of interesting to me because then it's wanting to be outside of yourself and change everything about Mm -hmm. what's going on which Mm -hmm. um yeah, I don't know. Like, it's hard for me. I feel like this track is a difficult track to put into that. If we're keeping with that arc of a trip, it seems like this is more its own <laughs> standalone thing that got put on the album. But it's yeah. just so fucking good, you can't leave it off the album. Exactly. <laughs> it's like you write a good song. You're like, we got an album coming, but it's like this. This one's a banger. We can't quite take yeah. it off. I mean, maybe if we're gonna connect it, maybe because we have high visceral in there as yeah something that's breaking up between this and uh and the adult abstraction of being i feel mm-hmm. like this one does kind of work into that where it's like maybe he's trying to work through some of those more abstract thoughts mm-hmm. uh like it hasn't the the trip hasn't progressed as far as it had on like earlier <laughs> tracks where like it's like super ramping up i feel like we're kind of in this like plateau zone of like it it's peaked or it's leveled out in some way yeah. and we're just kind of hanging out there a little bit yeah which in gallup to gallup to uh, southport He's going to do more different new drugs, though, for $25, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This uh, one gave me very King Gizzard vibes. And it's not just because they say the word wizard, but the way they've they've, like affected the vocals gives me, uh, you know, when King Gizzard, when he does the woo. Yeah, through like hype, like yeah. it's like really echoey and really affected. I feel like they were doing that a lot with the, the vocals on this one. Hmm. I feel like with Galaxy Southport, so like I got almost chip tune esque vibes to <laughs> oh, it. I and I don't know if you it's, feel I did it, I did too. It's yeah. that beginning, um that, that very beginning thing where it goes mm-hmm. Um and, and and the note I wrote to myself was like even when you get past that it starts to kick in a little bit more. I said it almost feels like you're in like a 2D side scroller and you're just like <laughs> fucking killing it, just flying oh, yeah. through it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh this was it was at this point I'm a little embarrassed that it took me this long to notice. Uh, but I was like, there's a lot of songs on here about tripping, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and then now that we're talking about it, I'm like, yeah, yeah every track. Um, <laughs> but I like it. I liked, you know, just kind of like the repetition of the wizards coming. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. just kind of like cheesy and weird enough that it's like perfect for the mood on this album. Mm-hmm. I just... got like a real, I got a real Magic the Gathering. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I could see that. <laughs> Lord of the Rings or like, 
you know, like it feels like you're on your way to the movie. boss fight in like yeah. a fantasy type thing but like <laughs> everything's going your way you're flying on the eagle you know? <laughs> um but i like near the like as the song progresses it gets really nice and heavy yeah um mm-hmm. but i will say i get a little disappointed near the end of this song uh just because i feel like it's not long enough like i feel mm-hmm. like the song kind of fades out right as it like really is on the cusp of like just really like busting out and doing something big they get they kind of get near the end and you're like oh it's gonna kick off it's gonna ramp up one more time and then they're like fade out yeah but then we went to found god and tomato and a tomato and, and a um... tomato <laughs> sorry but so uh i was thinking this song is almost nine minutes long and I, yeah. it wouldn't be record night without a extremely long song <laughs> in the track list in one of them so uh well extremely long i guess in that and aspect that, of and this is that record. this is that track where he's he talks in his interviews right about like oh so much psychedelia gets into this kind of track and we try <laughs> not to do it but right <laughs> sometimes it's hard to resist the temptation i suppose <laughs> Again, this is all about uh, drugs I got um, or tripping big time. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I read uh, there was a little like blurb on Genius that this was about one of the mushroom trips that the guy did where he thought he like actually found God in a tomato. Yeah. Well, so it's like based, know. based on a true story. <laughs> and I, I like the parts where he's kind of like he brings up like the papaya. I think it is where it's like you get this idea. It's like I found God in a tomato. What what's other fruit got in store for me? Yeah. <laughs> that, that weird like drug tripping logic. Maybe this, maybe this one has Poseidon in it. Um, yeah. so the thing about I I liked about this track, you know, it's almost nine minutes long. They did keep it interesting. Yeah. There's nothing so like it's like it's not Moonchild um, at yeah. the end. Yeah, it's so, it's uh, got like it's clear movements in it. So it's got like a the, long the first... intro and then it yes. it starts to pick up. And yeah, the vocal that, effects on those two are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that kind of similar to Cubensis, I feel like that two fifteen mark where you get out of that long intro and it really starts to kick in with the next mm-hmm. phase of the song. Uh, that's one of those. It's almost impossible to not start just like bopping to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and this this song has some really good drumming on it, so it's a great yeah. air drumming track. Uh, mm-hmm. I the vocal performance on this one's really strong, and going into like this kind of music. Uh, especially when it's on like the heavier, more jammy side, like after listening mm-hmm. to uh, Earthless, I was expecting <laughs> more like guitar solos. And I think there's really only like two or three on this out. There's not very many. This one has one of the it, guitar solos in it, but I, I remember writing it down and I was, as it came up in my first listen, I was like, is this the first guitar solo on the album? Like, I feel like what, they don't spend a lot of time like, shredding it, it's or, kind of or showboating even like showboating yeah like, you don't like, really miss it because the the music's so good but like listening through i was like man they're they really don't do a lot of solos on this do they well we, we just do earthless i mean yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh i like i like the line in here of uh i'm barely operating yet a functional being yes <laughs> i feel like that all the time honestly though. yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, not one trip in just general. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we can um. Yes, you want to talk about a little bit about entropy? Yeah. I so this I, is... I really only have a little bit to say about this one anyway. Same. Yeah. Um. It's it's gauzy. It's like a minute and a half long. Yeah. It's 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 fine. It's if I mean, at least the name ties back to 
previous tracks. That might be the only interesting thing it does. If a, if there was <laughs> if there's a track on here I didn't really like, it's this one. This one, like I've been avoiding saying filler track. This one feels like a filler track. Like, yeah, uh, I don't know that I'd go so far to call it filler. I, I guess what I would say is like it's structured with the name. But it's very obvious, right? Because you you start off in this very regularly structured, just playing the same kind of simple thing. And about midway through, you just start to get a slight devolution with a disjointed kind of bleed in. You get a little bit of different audio tracks that don't seem necessarily related to the rest of the album. Mm-hmm. And then it fades from that into static, which when it's an entropy type thing of going from order to disorder, mm-hmm. you know, is it obvious? I feel like it kind of is but also i could see it if we're going back to the arc of the trip type thing then this is kind of when that high is really starting to flare itself out and just kind of bleed out before everything starts to come back together in my mind i could definitely see that uh i i feel like with it being here it does like in the listening experience messes up the maybe like the flow or like the vibe. I I feel like you get like two minutes. I get you finish found God in a tomato and you're like, all right, I'm ready to rock. And then it's just kind of like two minutes of like, I'm going to play this guitar through. I'm actually, I actually disagree with you on that. 100%. I think the entry fits in the track listing and I'm not saying I enjoyed it, but I think it, it flows well with the, Mm. with the last track Denmark, Mm. um, which which is my second favorite song on the record. I like that one too. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah I'm not. The, the, I'm just. I'm not huge on uh, entropy. It it feels like I. It does have kind of like a cool conceptual thing, but it does kind of feel like they needed space between the two longest songs on the album, so they're just kind of like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's but, them leaning a little too hard into like classic psychedelia making funny sounds kind of thing that mm-hmm. seems at odds with their perfectly balanced thing that they're doing throughout the rest of the album. Mm-hmm. But we yeah. should talk about Denmark. <laughs> yeah. I'm very curious. To hear Chris's. So my one, my one nugget of information regarding Denmark from an interview was Jack McEwen says he doesn't typically show songs to anybody when he's working on them. This, I guess from high visceral was his one exception where he showed it to some girl he was kind of hanging out with just to kind of see what she thought. He didn't know why he did it or why he felt like doing it. Cause he, I think he was saying he was almost not going to have it on the record and, but showed it to her. She seemed to like it. And so it got on the record and then he ended up dating her. I don't know if they're still together or not, but he, he considers the song a success. As a result, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> yeah. Play love songs with for girls. I'm never, I never <laughs> want to talk to you again. Um, but uh, yeah, this, I mean, this song, obviously, drugs again um but um but i do like a i do like it's it starts out really pretty like like a really pretty song um and then of course since it's a little bit longer it does jam a little bit and it has it fucks with the speaker again it has speaker drift again in this song which um maybe it's just me yeah (laughs) no it sounds like he's kind of like fading in and out so you're getting like these lines but it's just kind of like a little more musical than that but uh i think it's a really cool (laughs) effect that works well with the uh it's got kind of like the pretty vibe to it like it doesn't Mm -hmm. it doesn't ruin the vibe but it makes it like spicy spices Mm -hmm. it up a little bit Mm -hmm. yeah uh it's it's one it's one of the stronger tracks in the record um to me Mm -hmm. uh and 
one of the long ones, I think it's like six minutes or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I just, I really dug it. Like it, it to me, it was a perfect, perfect ending track. Like, yeah, I couldn't imagine anything mm-hmm. better. So, uh, I'm not sure what the the Van Gogh and Gone part is. But, yeah, um, I, I had trouble getting my head around what that was as well. But um, the interesting, so um, before we come to like, I guess really final thoughts about it, or I guess this could be part of final thoughts, unless you guys have more you want mm-hmm. to talk about with Denmark. Uh, um, I mean, not really. It's got yeah. got good okay. lines. Uh, cool vocal effects. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it has one really cool moment where everything kind of like it like glitches out for a second and then like yeah. kicks back in strong to that main like really like yes. triumphant guitar line that they're doing. I was like, yeah, I, I did check. I was like, can you fuck up just for a second? No. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the notes I have about this album, and you guys kind of picked up on it with the vocal stuff. So an interesting little piece of music trivia, I guess. He didn't have a microphone uh, to record this song with initially. And I guess he had a friend who had a SingStar microphone. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, which is what he used uh, to record for this album, in addition to like a handheld Zoom recorder. This was, uh-huh. this was all stuff he has an interview on YouTube um, on a show called Engineering the Sound with Happy Magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's a short interview. It's like seven minutes. But if you're into more of that like design, how to record things, what softwares to use, he talks about it because this they didn't really know anything. They didn't use a producer or anything. They did it. They recorded this, I guess, in a horse barn in a town called Leaderville and just did their own shit with it. And why I wanted to bring that up was because we kind of talked about how Perfect Pussy was kind of its own sound like they did it themselves with a laptop and whatever. And just the juxtaposition of the two of two people getting together for the first time, yeah. and the sound quality and the engineering of it. Just so drastically different, I feel. Oh, like. yeah. Because this is well produced. This sounds yeah. good. Yeah. Um, so uh i i like this record i'll probably revisit it probably several times because uh i'm still finding a little it's still finding in my head like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just uh just melodies and i'm glad i can say tell people i i know what psychedelic porn trumpet sound like. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i visit this one pretty regularly uh mm-hmm. i like it quite a bit like it it definitely has like a a certain mood that i'm in quite often so mm-hmm. It's going to stay in my rotation. I think I need to maybe like branch out and listen to some of their other stuff because I yeah. only visit this album. But uh... it's so this this album when it gets its claws in you, it's so hard to break away from it because I'm the same way. I need to explore the rest of their discography a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna actually gonna probably after this probably check out the High Visual Part Two just so I can get the full High Visual experience. Right. <laughs> yeah, you got to come down from that trip. You're only at the halfway point. I, I know. <laughs> Fuck. And I, I did feel like that a few times. I'm like, I think I'm coming down. Nope, I'm still there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, Ryan, what did you bring? I brought uh, the album Necronama Donkey Kong and Macan by the band Goblin Cock. I'm glad you said that because I wasn't <laughs> going to. <laughs> it's taken a lot of like training to be able to say it correctly. When, when, I, when I was looking, like when I was doing my research on this last week, I kept trying to say it out loud. What with Leah in the room, my wife, she's like, I was like, how would you say that? She's like, I'm not even going to try to say that. Yeah, you had so texted like, me. You're like, yeah, you're just going to say the name of your album. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what 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 do you know about Goblin Cock? Yeah, they're a band from San Diego, where mm-hmm. I am from. Well, not where I'm from, where I'm at. Um, yeah. And it's it's an idea formed by Rob Crow from Pinback. 
is his I most like famous thing. Lot, I love by the way. Um, but he's also <laughs> been in the ladies, which is a band I really like. He's done a bunch of solo stuff. He's in a grindcore band called anal Trump. Like he's kind of like heading a lot of these like creative projects. Uh, he's got a lot of range. So originally this started off as kind of like an homage slash parody of stoner rock stoner metal. <laughs> it's like, so it was all just kind of like a lot of like weird pop culture songs. It was supposed to be, it's still supposed to be funny, but it's like, he only played those like ridiculous looking BC rich guitars with the very specific type of like boss distortion pedal that it's just like things that have become like tropes of the genre metal zone or whatever. Yeah. And then I think by this point, this is their third album he kind of grew out of doing just the stoner stuff, which still definitely still shows up here, but now it's more of a, just kind of like a metal project. Um, so I want to mention real quick about, about how old he was when he started. He was 34. Mm-hmm. I did, I did the math. <laughs> just, just, as, uh, he was like in his mid forties when he released this record. Well, so um, something so weird about this one, um, is right about the time I got into Pinback was mm-hmm. around the time I got on the Twitter originally and I was following him and he was posting a lot of stuff about like video games like oh this is really cool and then one day he's like sorry guys music's not paying off for me so I'm just done <laughs> like he literally quit music I I want to say in like 2014 was around that yeah. time he was just like like fuck it he's like i've been doing this for a long time and it's not working out he's like i just need like i can't provide for my family like i just i need to go go get a job or something and then he comes uh-huh. back to music with a goblin cock album <laughs> and it's like okay like i i love it and i'm glad he's back to music and everything but i just remember like rob crow's back with a goblin cock album and it's like i think his least popular <laughs> band that he does um, I've heard of Calvin Cog before, but uh, mostly just people harping on the name, like as you do. Like, but I think I've accepted the name a little bit more because it's meant to be a joke. Yeah, and I, honestly, I think it's also almost kind of awesome, mm-hmm. <laughs> like in in that aspect. <laughs> like, like I, I would definitely if someone says their band name was Calvin Cog, I'm like, do you guys have a demo? Do you have a music out on Spotify? Like, <laughs> Tell me where I can find it. So, so they do some other... goblin cock. Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> they do some other like jokey stuff. So it's like all the band members have stage names. Yeah. So you've got Lord Phallus. <laughs> you've got uh, Lick My Heart. You've got Tinnitus Island and Mylar Grinenstein. Um, on their early albums, I don't know if it carries over, but all the liner notes are written in runes. Um, that's cool that's pretty cool that's pretty yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh recently they they did a uh a rock opera called lord phallus and his goblin cock present dragon fucker <laughs> a cock opera <laughs> it's like a 20 minute long track i almost chose it for this one um but i wanted to do a full album um you guys want to just go over it track by track? Let's do it. Yeah, but I think we should listen to the. Oh yeah, first. you're fucking right, dude. We got this going on. Uh, do you? You did to me something extra. Do you want me to play that to you? Uh, we'll play it when we get to the okay. discussion part of it. Okay. And this is 
Goblin cock. Say the name. No, you say it. I dare you. Necronomic Donkey Kong. Okay. Con. <laughs> Necro. Necronomic Donkey Kong. Con, con. Yeah, go. you got it. Okay. <laughs> So that was Goblin Cox, Necronama, Donkey Kong, and Macan. You, so, you got that roll off the tongue, Bell. I'm uh, proud of you. <laughs> I practiced a lot. <laughs> um, I, you know, I didn't know what to expect coming in. Just knew that Rob Crow was part of it, and this dude's got range. <laughs> he's got range. Yeah, um, seriously, does like he's so adaptable to whatever like genre he's trying to do. So Goblin Cock is my introduction to Rob Crow. I know nothing about Rob Crow other than what you guys have told me just now. And with a name like Goblin Cock, I kind of came into this album thinking this was going to be like the most death metally of death metal bands, <laughs> which I'm not, I'm not a huge death metal guy. So I was anticipating like kind of hating this album. I really like this album. Um, the, the vocals of yeah, it really that's... surprised me and just the listenability I thought was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's just metal, it's stoner metal, and yeah. Rob Crow has a great voice, and it it doesn't fall into one genre. You know, some people have that voice that mm-hmm. falls in one thing, but he's he's fucking great. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, he really is. 
I get also sort of a Sabbathy feeling on this one. Is yes. that just me? No, yeah, it's I, hard so not I to even... have a Sabbathy feeling when you're making like a stoner doom metal <laughs> album. Well, well, I even I was trying to define how I felt about his voice, and I was I was struggling to compare it to something else. And the best thing I could come up with, and I don't mean this; it sounds kind of almost like an insult the way I wrote it, but I don't mean <laughs> it as it, it. It's it's just that a less distinct Aussie type of voice, like maybe less <laughs> nasally than Aussie can kind of be at times. I don't know, but that was like the closest I came to. I think, I think it's hard with Rob Crow, especially when your introduction to him is him doing like a metal thing. Mm-hmm. I, his voice, especially when you listen to it on like pinback or some of his like, like softer stuff is his voice has like a certain like sweetness to it that you can't, it's yeah. hard to place. And it, it, I'm surprised <laughs> it works st- so well in the metal context. It works. I mean, yeah, it, it's a, it's a great voice and it works. I was at first, I was like, does the voice match this? And I'm like, it's Gamakaki. Of course it does. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. Cause he's not really but, doing uh, like growls or anything like that. He, no. He's doing kind of his, his normal voice, but yeah, it's interesting how, like when the context changes that it still kind of works. Mm-hmm. I do like the lyrics in this thing. Cause I mean, we'll talk about it. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, well, let's hop in. We'll start talking about something haunted. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's, I mean, it's, it's straight metal. Like, and it, it's, it's, and I actually wrote down metal with not necessarily metal voice. Yeah. I did this song. Uh, it's bananas. Mm-hmm. I wrote down a few of the words uh, like "fuck shit," a "fucking fuck you," and um, yeah. King, <laughs> "kings are the bullshit mountain." Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I wrote down those two lines. Lyrics. I wrote down. Yep. <laughs> yeah, because how do you how do you not, man? Um, they're so fun. They're they're funny. Which you know, when you're not listening to like a comedy album, like music is rarely funny. But if you can fit it in there, it's I don't know. It it just makes it so much more enjoyable. But from the moment go on this track, I really love it. Just that awesome opening heavy riff, and he's got a nice like you know hit and comes to the end of the riff and just a nice go to like. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like so I really like the guitar riff on this because uh, it's got kind of like a weird timing to it where it seems to to chug a little bit longer than you'd expect, mm-hmm. um, but it makes it just that much more of an earworm. Mm-hmm. I, I I do like the fact that they don't take themselves very too seriously, obviously with mm-hmm. some of the lyrics, mm-hmm. but even at the end they do have sort of this something that's kind of poignant, which says, "Dickhead princes run your world, power trip that killed your earth," like sort of like. Yeah. That's that's truth right there. Like like um but but it's it's a also I do want to mention the cover on this is pretty awesome. <laughs> He's got the the burning town from a spell book with the BC Rich uh hoisted mm-hmm. above. Oh head. yeah. And so um on their first album called Bagged and Boarded, um that you can't see it on the Spotify version, but I, he got i think he's one of like the more famous like magic the gathering artists to do this like goblin <laughs> sitting on a throne and on the real version like just between his legs is just this huge dick <laughs> <laughs> it just looks like he's just sitting on a throne on like when you look at him, like spotify but if you look up the actual version of it you're just like oh my god it's it's not a huge parental advisory just right down the middle of the <laughs> nope <laughs> it should be uh but yeah you kind of get so it's like a parody homage album that's not taking itself seriously but it's not like a comedy album he's, it doesn't seem like he's really right. like mm. Telling jokes, he, he's like existing almost in like the ween space where it's like <laughs> yeah. the songs are funny, but they're not a comedy band, right? No, this, this is not a 
Tenacious D. No. <laughs> right. Um, uh, but yeah, because I mean, this song is like about people, how they like destroyed the earth mm-hmm. and just kind of yeah. post-apocalyptic. It's, I mean, it fits in the, in the metal sphere. Oh, of, for like, sure, when, yeah. When it, yeah. When it comes to uh, just even like imagery. Yeah. But, um, but uh, yeah, we can go on a mantra soar. Yeah. Which yeah. I, it, this one's my favorite track on here. This is the track. Oh, is I, right. Yeah. Okay. Of, of all the tracks on here. Like I always come back to this one. Uh, and I don't know why I think it just like immediately stood out to me when I first listened to this album, but it's got just like this really cool, like palm muted guitar pattern. It's got a really catchy chorus. Um, the, the palm muted guitar pattern. It was interesting because I feel like it, it gave my brain really big vibes of, um, almost dance rock of like death from above 1979. Oh yeah. Yeah. I did get that. That's weird. I mean, it's not weird. It's something that I, I, I noticed too. I just couldn't put words to it. So thank you. Yeah. And, And so that's what, that's when I was starting to get kind of confused my first listen to with this album. Cause that first one had come out the gate. It was pretty similar to what I was expecting. Vocals was different. And then we moved mm-hmm. on to this one. I'm like, where are we going? What is this band? What is this type right. of, what are they going for on this? Um, so yeah, I, I felt like this track was very interesting. I feel like it's very unique uh, on the album. Cause I, I don't feel like the other tracks necessarily give me the same vibes as this one. Yeah. I feel like, kind of uh, sprinkled throughout this album or you get these like just unique tracks of mm-hmm. you're just like, well, does this fit in here? Like, I think it fits in like the overall vibe, but it's like, he's kind of stepped away from doing a lot of the more uh, like traditional metal stuff, mm-hmm. which yeah, I like. And, well, I think that's part of, part of the reason that it's not traditional is because it's Rob grow. Oh I mean, yeah. Like, like uh, so like, I mean, I'm, I'm really appreciative of hearing this as I'll come back to Goblin cock. Um, <laughs> I just want to say that no more. Um, like, so Dan, maybe it's pretty, a good band name. Yeah, I could. I, I see they sell some killer merch for this, but um, <laughs> but you know, I I do appreciate like things like fucking mitzvah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you have a mitzvah, here. you might as well have a fucking mitzvah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I like they have some good lyrics in here like i think overall this song might be about like being in love with a big monster yeah or so, that's kind of the vibe i get from it but you get the line of like it's the thought grenade de- detonated through uh mutual understanding <laughs> and you guys are all hunks of meat to me <laughs> but uh I, yeah this song's killer it's not my favorite but i have the fear coming up but yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, let's move mm-hmm. on to Stupot's package, which is about a goblin cock. Stupots. Yeah. Which I like it. This song gets it's like connected to the previous track. Like they just lead into each other seamlessly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but it does slow down a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's I, I like to stoner rock. I, I really like the. Um, I do. I uh, mentioned that I. I go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, you're good. Um, I was just gonna say I really like when it gets to that slow down and it gets very like sanguine with the he's covered with gravy part. I don't know. <laughs> it's a nice <laughs> mellow out portion. <laughs> I was like, uh, but um, but uh, I did do um, what you should do when you listen to this record. And I got a little high, but um. <laughs> <laughs> Now you're being coy about it. <laughs> I, know. But, uh, I know, right? Oh, well, some mushrooms I did, but uh, 
I yeah with things like bulging and proud drags on the ground. Yep. I mean that that <laughs> basically is the the proof that that is what it's about. Gosh, I'm gonna wash that man right out of my beard. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, I'm guessing he's talking about he ate someone with. This, I mean, uh, I think he ate something. Yeah. It's something from a man. It just tastes just like candy. Some kind of gravy, um, you know? Yeah. Uh, Some kind of but... bitter gravy. <laughs> <laughs> this song's it's a good song. It's, I liked it. Uh it's I mean it's I'm not I'm not I'm not a prude when it comes to uh uh obscene things, so I was into this. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Uh, but that goes into Youth Pastoral, uh, which is like one of the two like full length instrumental tracks. Yeah, mm-hmm. Youth Pastoral I, I, for me was when these this album really kicked in and clicked. With yeah, me. this I, is a, this is a killer killer track. Sure. Yeah, I, this is my favorite track on the album. This and it, it kind of sets off a run uh, of tracks that I just really enjoyed. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's, it's instrumental it's, and it's got this really cool like interlocking. I'm pretty it's pretty like show offy like mm-hmm. these really cool just like guitar lines i just feel like all the instruments are just ripping on this track yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, you were right about this scott it sets off the strongest tracks in the record after this one yeah um so i was uh, even then uh, even at this point in the record i'm like god i, I can't wait to listen to this again <laughs> yeah uh-huh and, and, and I agree with you, Ryan. I, I had written my note to myself was that they really just let themselves go for it mm-hmm. on this album. Um, and, and I love it. Like, I could listen to this out. Like, this is a track. If I could drop in on any track, it would just be this one and just, like, <laughs> groove to it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we're on to Flumed, mm-hmm. which, again, I think it, it they're kind of, like, almost making comedy-esque references yeah, like I feel like if I were just like like say out loud like I, I'm on a depression flume ride, <laughs> like that rings is funny, but it is a song about like um kind of just like like a depression spiral, but more flume ridey. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I, I do like this one has a definite groove to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, along with it being like a kind of like a, a depression thing, it has like almost like a hopeful tinge to it. Like the guy's just mm-hmm. like, no, I'm not going to wait in that line. I'm not going to ride that ride. Right. Um, the fuck home now. Yeah. I also, <laughs> I really appreciated the use of the vote. I mean, we keep going back to the vocals, but I really appreciate the use of the vocals on this track specifically because I really liked the ba 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 yeah. ba 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 oh. and they would hold it for a beat. And I don't know. It was just such a cool use of it uh, that I really enjoyed. Yeah. Well, this actually has my favorite vocal performance on it, uh, where he holds a hay held. Yeah. For uh, yeah. Why don't we? People aren't going to believe me when I say he held. He holds it for twenty six seconds. But Chris, if you could please uh, show off that he does indeed do that. So, uh, 
I, so when I, I heard that, I actually went back. I'm like, is that a guitar? No, that's him screaming A. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like you go into a trance the first time you hear it. And then after it ends, you're like, what just happened? Because I was actually, I one of my listens through was when I was at a gym at the gym with a buddy of mine. And I asked him mm-hmm. if he was cool if I threw some stuff on in preparation for this. And he said, yeah. And we were listening to stuff. He wasn't really commenting too much. And then that part just happened. And right at the end, he was like, this is really cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you listen to it. And I think uh, Chris, you had texted me and been like, do you think he faked that? But it's like, you, it, yeah. yeah, but like you listen to it, you can kind of hear like the moment where he runs out of that initial breath a little yeah. bit. And it, like it starts to waver a little bit. And then when it like winds down with him, like, Hey, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like he's like officially out of breath. And you're just like, Holy yeah. shit. I wonder how many yeah. tries he did or if he, did he do I mean, some like breath practicing or what? He's got some. Vo- he's got a voice on though, so like that's uh, that's part of it. I mean, like it, it's it's like like again, the voice is not necessarily um stoner rock. I mean, mm-hmm. we're not talking about electric wizard or or mm-hmm. to sleep or something, but but it works with this. It makes it work, and I'm really impressed by that. Mm-hmm. Um, we can move on to my favorite track in the record if you want. Fathers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another great track. I love yeah. the riff on this one. I do too. And this one actually has kind of like a social message in it, even. Yeah, again, like not a comedy track. No, no, it's it's basically talking about like how you know, uh, you know, whether it comes to children or uh, or uh, even um, LGBT or or just straight up women. It's sort of talking about like like it's against bullying. It talks about bullying, kind of. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just or, rednecks coming after people and beating them up, even though like they're not bothering anybody, they're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. It says the world's all fucked down. I blame anyone. Just reach out and show your hand. Yeah, sort of like just sort of like you know, let's make the world a better place. And <laughs> even in this Goblin Clock record, um, <laughs> I like the song. It's my we, favorite song on the record too. Not not just because it's because it it fucking rocks. Yeah, it, uh, it's it's like it, it picks up the speed again. Um, yeah, it's. And it's like a faster song, but it it, mm-hmm. it definitely doesn't read like metal. It's kind of like closer yeah. to punk, I think. But it's mm-hmm. it's so unique. Like I just really really like this track. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's killer. It's an, it's my favorite one on the record. But I mean, I could really pick out four or five favorites on this one, right? Yeah, <laughs> including because yeah. I really I really liked Flume. I wrote number one on that first. So <laughs> it's hard. It, I mean, we talked about when we started on this run. Like this run was just like it's so good. Just such a nice meaty portion mm-hmm. of the album. It's got a cool little like noisy guitar solo as well. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a killer song. I love it. Um, your watch. Yeah, this one, I felt like Your Watch was a nice, we had just gone pretty hard and pretty good for like several tracks, mm-hmm. and then they slow the pace down, and it's a nice kind of breather. I, I really started to appreciate how they constructed this album pacing-wise with, with their songs at, at this track. I do like the, the lyrics that they're basically talking about, like trying different places to sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just really wanting to go to sleep. I've I've yeah. been there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was thinking that, I was thinking, I was thinking Ryan probably, you know, empathize a lot with this track. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, I really like it. It does like kind of like the metal palm muting, but the chords he's picking mm-hmm. like sound really nice. Like it's, it's got a really nice, just kind of like ambiance and melody clear, going for it for like the back sound, half of the track. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like clear. It's not like super distorted. It's, it's nice. Like you said, yeah. Uh, and it's, it's just there. It's it's a two and a half minute song, and uh, this will also be a good one, I think, for meat and potatoes. 
that episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's trip like it's you know two guitars, a bass, and drums. <laughs> like, yeah, like, what do you need? Yeah, exactly. Um, we can be on the undeer. Yeah, which I think this this gets them at least lyric wise closer to like doom metal because it's got this like sense of dread to it, like this big. Yeah. So the undeer, this like crazy sounds like unstoppable force or monster yeah. thing is coming. Fucking rock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like oh. it. It's I did look up Undeer just to see what it was. <laughs> and there's many different things in here. And then I looked up who Paul Freese was. Okay, I was um, gonna say you looked up Undeer. I was like, I had to know who Paul Freese was. <laughs> I looked it up too. So clue us in. What's an Undeer and who's Paul Freese? I don't know who Bundir is, but Paul Frees, he's like an old, uh, like an actor from like 1950s, 60s television. Interesting. But he also did a lot of voice. The thing that stood out to me was his voice acting. His mm. voice has been in like freaking everything. And you've probably heard it and didn't know it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I guess uh, he's the ghost host of Haunted Mansion at Disneyland. <laughs> oh, really? At Disneyland. <laughs> yeah. He also does the narration of Star Tours uh, oh, as well. He did the voice of Jack Frost in uh, Rudolph's uh, Snowy New Year, the like 1970s like claymation yeah. mm-hmm. type thing. Uh, he did the voice of some orcs in like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I, I guess he was maybe I don't know if he was the original voice, but he like voiced the Pillsbury Doughboy in the 1970s. So like <laughs> yeah. he did like a ton of voice acting stuff. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, yeah I, but. Oh. Why he's on the roof, I don't know. And why right. <laughs> and, and why Lord Phallus would not like it, I also don't know. <laughs> I don't like that. Sort of, uh, yeah, but it's a fun song. I mean, yeah. it, it fucking rocks. It's, uh, it's the one that, after having sort of prettiness to your watch, we get this, this, this fucking killer song. Yeah. This, uh, this um, yeah. freight train. I really like the part where he's doing like the la la la's and it matches up with <laughs> what the guitar's doing. Yeah. <laughs> I do like yeah, like you'll notice the, like that hay is not in the lyric booklet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah. But uh yeah, I uh I liked like, like um Scott mentioned this is again a great long run of songs. Mm-hmm. Um I can't I'm gonna buy this shit on vinyl if I can find it. Yeah, I, I'm kind of the same way. Uh <laughs> I bet I've been keeping an eye out for it. Yeah, I'm gonna go up to Mills with a goblin cock in my hand. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, do you have a goblin cock? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is, what are you, you can't help you with something? No, I'm good. I'm just looking. Do you have yeah. any, do you have any um do you have any goblin cock? <laughs> <laughs> so uh Struth or Struth? Struth? I'm or thinking what? Struth. Okay. Yeah, I would probably say Struth. Okay. I like um, um kind of the the style in this one of like it's heavy and then it it kind of lightens up a little bit when he's asking this person to like spend more time with him like it feels like uh it's like a like a sexual relationship but he actually just kind of wants to like chat and connect he wants the the more connection parts of it do you want to spend more time together you know yeah i don't want to lick i mean just one though (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it, uh, I was sort of getting like, yeah, let's hang out. <laughs> and, um, yeah. But it's it's nice. It's I didn't I didn't have too many notes on this one. The main one I had is I kind of liked when I was listening to this in headphones. 
the sound design on it they have this kind of nice buzz noise shift from like your right to left that's just very mm-hmm. contiguous mm-hmm. right near mm-hmm. the end with like these drums behind it and i just like that it was just kind of a nice little like buzz across the top of your scalp like ooh, you know a massage yeah. <laughs> yeah you were actually getting shocked by your headphones <laughs> <laughs> explains a lot so i like i like near the end of this song uh it kind of like loses distortion Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it becomes a little lighter and it, it just sounds like a pinback song at that point um, <laughs> which maybe maybe just sounds like a Rob Crow song uh, but I, I don't know I like that it there's a lot of like changes that happen throughout songs and stuff on this album yeah I wrote down the words that come up high and coming back high so I'm just trying to uh, I don't again I don't think I need to read too hard into the lyrics on this one right <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I'm just I'm just, just there on that one <laughs> um, but we get to the second instrumental track, the Doors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, kind of another. All the like, kind of like more show-offy songs end up being like instrumental things. And I don't know if that's because he couldn't figure out how to sing with it, or mm-hmm. one of the notes I have just says "diggy." Now I don't know what that means "diggy." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was high, so. <laughs> So it it kind of has this like double bass drum, which is really cool with like a triumphant guitar line. Um, but it's doing this really weird thing where it, it gets the like chuggy guitar riff. Um, that's kind of on this weird, like one, two with the, uh, the drum. So it's like, dun, 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 dun. Mm-hmm. and it's, yeah. it's like off kilter and very, yeah. like, it's very weird. It's hard to kind of like get into the groove on it. Cause it seems so like awkward, but I still think it sounds mm-hmm. really cool. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a good song, and I I like the the doors. I'm just like saying it. Because... Yeah, <laughs> I feel like the both the doors and the next track, world is moving. Like the main thing I got of it was like it was just kind of like that nice chill. It continued that chill run for me anyway, mm-hmm. as far as like emotional stuff right before the build up near the end of the album. And I didn't really have too much to say of it. I guess I just appreciated still kind of that like that breather that how extended they made it. Um, oh yeah. But yeah, um, when it comes to the world is moving, I do like the cool, clean guitars at the beginning, but they add to it. Like they don't take away from the the coolness of the record. The, uh... Yeah. So this is another favorite one of mine. Uh, mm-hmm. which is weird. I feel like this is one that doesn't quite fit on like a metal album because it mm-hmm. again, it sounds it's like a, a pinback song. Um, yeah, that, that's what I got too. It sounds like a pinback song, and it could fit on there. But the last minute, I think makes it. A bit heavy. Oh yeah, the last minute. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I just I don't know. I really like when like the distorted guitar kicks in and they really kind of mm-hmm. start like jamming out because it starts off with kind of like this interlocking bass and guitar thing mm-hmm. uh, that's really cool sounding. Yeah, it's it's a cool song, and, and I think the besides the instrumental tracks, the least amount lyrics on the record. Yeah, no, I think that's going to be on uh, the final track. Oh, Buck. Okay. Um. But I, I like the lyrics on this because it's got this like kind of apocalyptic vibe to it about it. It's like talking mm-hmm. about this like dying town, like the people are kind of like trapped in this dying town and also dying. And, yeah, it's a little it's a little more like abstract. Like it doesn't seem like that's exactly what he's talking about, but it's it's definitely yeah, I mean, got like a like a feeling or a tone to it. I'm thinking like banana peels and shit like that, but um <laughs> But I, I, I like this song quite a bit. It's it's uh in the top three on my on this record for me. World is moving. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, how about Island Island? Uh, yeah. Spider parts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Island Island. I really appreciated the drums and the percussion on this album. I, I started trying to write down like an onomatopoeia for myself to try and like cue myself on what it was. And then I just kept going because they varied it up so much. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to say like in general, I feel like the drums kind of go mm-hmm. in a number of different places. But I, I enjoyed I enjoyed it quite a bit on this track. I like the this the open. <laughs> like, like, like... yeah this one like the beat on the drums is really weird it's kind of mm-hmm. like it's like jittery and then the chords he's picking are these like weird kind of like extended almost like jazzy chords mm-hmm. like it's back to a metal sound but it's like it's it a little more like expanded than you would expect uh no no the motherfucker's gonna bust you on it <laughs> right. This one, uh, this one has touches of death metal on it too. Like I know mm-hmm. Scott, you were worried that death metal was going to be the whole album. Like it shows up for like ten seconds on this yeah. for like a second. I was like, oh fuck, did they go into death metal for a second? Weird. <laughs> yeah. So I, I also to the weirdest is sort of mean like a grown man's never never win. Yeah. You know? uh-huh. I think secret islands for grown men have been ruined uh-huh. forever. <laughs> Uh, yeah, takes a lot, you guys. You're, you're, I know. So it's, I don't know. He when, didn't hang himself. Yeah, I don't know when exactly when Epstein got busted and arrested. Uh, and I, so I don't know if this track is topical or not. But it's like I was listening to it and I couldn't separate that imagery from it. And I was just kind of like, yeah. uh, I don't know <laughs> about this one. I had this shirt where uh, Proto Martyr. Uh, it's like kind of some old actor on it, but he was a lot like Jeffrey Epstein. Oh God. And I didn't know this till my dad was saying, you, is that Jeffrey Epstein on your shirt? I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's not. So I pulled my phone. I'm like, God, it does look like him. <laughs> Just a big Time. fan of his work. Yeah, Time to retire Epstein, my proto-martyr shirt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's also almost time to retire this album uh, with the last track, Buck. Mm-hmm. Which is oppressively heavy. It's awesome. Yeah, it's- I I feel like it starts off at least you know before everything else kicked in i was like oh is this gonna have kind of like an arena rock vibe because it's got that kind of like it's got that echo to the drum yeah Mm -hmm. um but then a synth drone shows up Mm -hmm. and the song turns like way more like atmospheric it it kind of feels like it's like falling in love but like during the apocalypse Mm mm-hmm and it's like atmospheric and dreamy, and he keeps repeating, you know, this like "Do you like me?" type thing. Um, yeah, well, but not you're... not in like a needy sense or anything like that. But yeah, um... in the Fugazi sense of "Do you like me?" <laughs> <laughs> but I, this is one of the ones that just it has the least amount of lyrics on it. Like the whole thing is uh, "Damages are out of control. Just look out the window. Do you like me?" It's yeah. also one of the longer tracks in a way, four minutes long. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like yeah, which is. I mean, I, thanks, dude. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, but I feel like you can kind of throw with it being like atmospheric and have it not having very many lyrics. You can kind of just throw like different meanings at it at different mm-hmm. times. I was like, maybe it's kind of like the evil lord up in his tower, like looking over this post-apocalyptic landscape and kind of being like, yeah. I mean, do you like me now? Or <laughs> so maybe Chris, he kind of was... like lost what happened. The Toby Keith, how do you like me now? Yeah, Chris, this, this was the song that I mentioned to you early in the episode where we got to a vocal performance that we were going to talk about where it sounded so much like somebody and I couldn't freaking place it. The closest I came with the performance on this track was like, I don't know if it was like Billy Corgan-esque in a way. Like, I don't know. It, it's 
but it's different than the vocal performance I feel like on the rest of the album. Hmm. I might have to. I, I, give I don't know. Go back. Go back through it and send me your text or listener if you want to engage and send me a tweet and tell me who you think <laughs> it sounds like. <laughs> no, tweet us. <laughs> you can tweet Ed Record now. Pass yeah. it along. Yeah. <laughs> You can Ed, subtweet Ed, Scott. Ed. Bury him in the threads. <laughs> I'm sorry, my phone was going off. I'll cut that out. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a killer record. I'm going to be looking for that next time I go to Mills, mm-hmm. which should be soon, I suppose. I got I I just got a stack of stuff I haven't even listened to yet, though. So that's the best way to do it. Yeah, going there. Uh, I'm here for Goblin Cock. You guys got Goblin Cock? <laughs> We sure do right this way, sir. Yeah. Just rattle and off. I'll make sure I look him dead in the eyes when I do it, too. Just rattle off all the names of the bands from this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will give Perfect Pussy, Psyched Up, Pornogus, and Goblin Cock. And just for good measure, give me some Tropical Fuck Storm. <laughs> Cock and Ball Torture. <laughs> and Anal Trumpian. <laughs> yeah. I had to special order my Anal Trump album. I don't know. <laughs> but oh, um, yeah. that was our god awful band names episode. Our I think this could this could might be a repeater. It could be, yeah. We, definitely, we a re- we'll definitely need a repeat guest. Yeah, yeah. Scott's Scott, gotta come back. Uh-oh. Scooter, <laughs> sorry, Scott, Another... I trapped you in. <laughs> maybe, maybe the next one will be even Scott heavier when it comes to like. Maybe we'll go like maybe we'll go like three hours next time. Yeah. <laughs> Scott, what, what, Scott, what do you got? <laughs> That'll be the theme. It'll just be a Scott episode, and Scott sits there while we talk about just who roast Scott is. Scott's and, musical yeah. taste. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the record decision. night. Record night presents the roast of Scott. <laughs> I, I could take it. The, the The good thing about uh, audio medium like podcasts is that the listeners will not see my tears. So. <laughs> You'll just have to tweet cyber... out some pictures of you crying. Yeah. Yeah, Rick, Rick and Knight presents cyberbullying with Scott. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That, well, this that was, was the one. This was yeah, fun, this you was... guys. Thank you for having me on. Um, oh, thanks no for problem. coming I felt... on. I felt very honored that I was wondering if you guys were okay inviting me because I was like, I don't really know a ton about. I know I like music and I could talk about it in certain ways, but <laughs> I know no, it absolutely two and a half hours. Out, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, thirty minutes of those were us peeing. So <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right. Um... Well, cool. That was that was our episode. Uh, I guess Chris, if you want to run the outro thing, we'll wrap it oh, up. Oh yeah, sure. We can, and we'll make sure that you give your uh, Twitter again. <laughs> Scott, so plug your on? Twitter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so if you guys want to find me and talk about mitochondria or Alzheimer's disease, you can reach me at, ask, at SJ Koppel, K O P P E L, uh, and just reach out. We can talk about science or medicine or whatever you guys want, or music, since I'm on this, <laughs> this show. <laughs> and uh, me and a friend of mine do the music for this podcast. Uh, so you can find us at smell.bandcamp.com. And hear these songs in full instead of uh, short little 20 second clips. Why well, the whole thing on here, but it depends how long we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I uh, I do podcasts every week called Movies Don't Suck and Some That Do. Uh, we do generally two new two new movies a week. Um, that was a little change in the in the pandemic, but we're back on it because why not? I'm, I'm vaccinated. <laughs> but um, but yeah, uh, if you guys want to see listen to 
me jabber on about movies with a guy named uh, Neil. You can search it, and it's found everywhere you find record. Mm-hmm. So I think that's it, right? That's it. That's our episode. Right. Good episode. Scott, it was <laughs> through, we had a, a fucking blast having you on. Thanks. And uh, we'll do it again. <laughs> you want, want you to come back on. Thank you. It was very fun. Um, Chris, are you going to go see the Melvins? <laughs> I might, I might. I'm not, I mean, I've been listening to Daniel Alley lately, so um. There you go. Listener, the Melvin uh, through. Yeah, listener, if you're in the Midwest, come see uh, the Melvin <laughs> with us. <laughs> All right, I guess we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.